time for a new episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Allen Iverson is always going to be my all-time point guard. The real AI? Practice. We're talking about practice, not the game. His contributions to professional baseball cannot be denied. Uh, you sure about that? Then why is he not in Cooperstown? Come on, puss. Nope, Hattie old girl, he takes a backseat to Joe Montana. Two years now we've been doing this bullshit. Yeah, I can't believe podcast hasn't thrown us off the air. Marvin Harrison or Reggie Wayne? <sighs> Reggie Wayne. <laughs> Hot take. Taylor vs. Serrano, 2022 Fight of the Year, baby. Two women sold out Madison Square Garden. Incredible. You're the biggest homer ever. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. You leave my Dodgers, Steelers, and my Penguins out of this. We did a lot of hockey talk last year. I enjoyed that. Well, it's a great sport. Kill a guy with skates. What's better? It's true. All right. One-on-one, full contact, both in their prime, LeBron versus Jordan. Come on, Hattie, old girl. You really think that deserves an answer? Okay. Fine. We'll take it. Coming soon on Steel Toes and Scoreboards, a top 25 QB episode. Beto. Nope. Not after that point guard cluster episode. <laughs> oh, man. Tyson Fury versus Mike Tyson in their prime. I'm pretty sure somebody named Tyson would win. <laughs> <laughs> this Live Golf versus PGA Tour feud has been an incredible news story this year. It's a pissing contest, but it has been funny. That Waco episode did killer numbers on our downloads. See, good thing we cover more than just sports. Have I worked a pro wrestling reference in yet tonight? And here we go, folks. Once again, he gets going. Well, you know. <laughs> I like wrestling. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Peyton, Brady, Breeze, and soon-to-be Rogers all retired. Who's the next crop to stand up and take their place? We've got to start talking more to college hoops. Oh, I'm waiting on you to pull the trigger. Commissioner Kirk Kelly in the house, everybody. I'm here to save the MLB. Anything to say to your fans? Peace, love, and Ozzy Osbourne. Hot take right here. He's the greatest second baseman to ever play the game. You're kidding me, right? You can't be serious. All right, Puss. You ready to get into it? Sure bet. Hey, old girl, let's piss some people off. (laughs) And as he said, we sure do. (laughs) Guys, a very new episode happening right now. Another episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. A new episode. Yay. Where the fuck have we been? Uh, life. <laughs> Jared Atkins and the homie Kurt Kelly. Folks. How you doing, brother? Our, what's up, man? <laughs> Our first bit of content in over a month. Boy, we, uh, yeah. we, we've been lying to everybody, telling them we're back on schedule. Yeah, I and know. God, man, we haven't been consistent since before Christmas. Sometimes things just <laughs> get in the way. So so hopefully we are back today. Happy Easter Sunday, yes, by the way. Yes, As we are recording this, uh, it is Easter Sunday afternoon. And it's not about the Easter Bunny. No, look, we're, we're sitting here talking sports on Easter Sunday. Why are we not with our families? What the well, fuck's wrong with us? Well, I don't know. That's we're, right. We're, we're black labeled. That's right. The, the black sheep. Yes. Bah. We're you bad. Know, in typical Steel Toes and Scoreboards fashion, you and I can't do anything without fucking it up. <laughs> So, <laughs> here we are with uh, 
postseason uh, NBA yes. and, and postseason NHL right around the corner, and baseball just starting up. And we're going to cover an anniversary Super Bowl uh, yeah, today. Yeah. So, so look at us. Change we, it. Wow. Throw them a change uh, it. Before we get started, I want to I want to address the elephant in the room. Kurt and I talked earlier today <laughs> when I got here as a. Uh, Outside at the uh, Kelly Sports Complex out here, <laughs> Kurt was doing a little uh, sod work for the infield. Uh, we're going to try to get back on a, on our uh, old school yeah. every other week rotation, meaning Saturdays or Sundays on weekends. I don't have the yeah. kids, but uh, life's been busy. Yeah, it's been busy. As, as you were hearing this, I have moved. I am in my, my – you know what my house sold for? Uh-uh. My house sold the day of the auction, the sheriff sale. Yeah. The lady bought it for eighty thousand dollars. All right. So, uh, which I don't see any of the money, but well, I mean, she's talking. She's either going to remodel it, which she's going to have to stick probably about forty or fifty G's in it because there's a lot. Uh, March the March third. Yeah. Was a Friday. Yeah. That was when we got one of the first big storms of the year. Oh yeah. Yeah. I lost some shingles. Roof yeah. started leaking. You, roof damage. You see my shingles uh, blown off <laughs> well, too. Uh, the water damage got in, and as I old, uh, well, it you know my insurance had got canceled uh, in December of la- of this past year, yeah, twenty twenty two, because of the bankruptcy, and I wasn't paying my house payment because I gave the house away in bankruptcy. Uh, I couldn't call my insurance company, but you've got water damage, and now I went in the other day. She's given me an extra few weeks to get some more right, stuff out, right, so I've right, got till cool. April eighteenth to right. finish getting stuff out. Nice over. Yeah, very nice over. Yeah. But I went in uh, Thursday afternoon to to grab a couple more things. There's a crack in my ceiling that runs probably a good fifteen feet. There's a crack in my butt that runs probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. But uh, anyways. Uh, but we're we're back to recording and uh puss i got some other news for you what's that i might be coming back to verse deal good uh well i mean uh uh, uh what the shit i just dropped verse deal on that so yeah fuck it who cares well i mean uh, <laughs> they exist so uh i don't know uh my part-time job or my full-time job has temporarily become a part-time job Man, yeah we uh, one of the companies we subcontract for has changed the way they do a bunch of their data entry and optimization and stuff 60% of my job has been eliminated. Really? So even though I work for my best friend and I'm very privileged, it's still business. Right, right. And he can't just day, he yeah. can't justify paying me what he's paying me if he's only getting 40% of the work. Well, you so, can't, you can't. Yeah, yeah. So so basically what I'm going to be doing now is I'm still going to be doing the 40% of my job that I yeah. that I'm still doing. But I'm going to be doing it in evenings at home and uh you know for a lesser amount. So basically right. You know how I've always been working two jobs. Like right. when I was working with you, I was right. working at the grocery store. Right. This has become a part-time job now, so uh, I'm going to be needing a full-time employment again. Well, have you talked to him? I, pl- I applied over there. I've called and left two voice messages. I stopped by the office on Friday, on Thursday morning to talk to our wonderful, sweet HR lady. She was out on lunch. I said, let her know I was here. I haven't heard back. Just keep bugging her. We'll, we'll see what her. happens. Yeah. But uh, enough about that. The we, point, we, can need, we need some help in there, for sure. You know, I, I know I won't get my job back, but that's okay. I heard, I, rumor mill is uh, Kirk Kelly Jr. is doing a hell of a job he at my old job. He does a pretty good job. So, but I know you still need some machine well, yeah. operators in that well, machine yes, room. Absolutely. I told uh, I told the wonderful shout-out Adam Sweet. I told him, I said, I won't come back and work tops. Denny Hill. Uh, Needing need a saw operator back there, are you? Whirlwind, yeah. And a, and a press brake operator? Yeah. 
Might need some help on the drills. Yeah. I mean, I could. I got I, some news to give you. Uh oh, what happened about about Denny? Uh, not good. Not good. No. Uh oh. Shout out Denny Hill. I mean, I, I, one of the one of the. <laughs> he he's a cantanker, so sucker, but he's a nice he's guy. an old cuss man, but but good guy. Good guy. Yeah. Not good news. Um, we'll talk about it off yeah. air. But uh, anyways, telling everybody all this stuff to just be like, Kurt and I are going to try to get back on a more frequent schedule. We've never had an issue with our schedules that much before, but it's just Christmas, and then Kurt had to take a, a month or two away, and then my work was super busy, and then this move, and now this job search. So, yeah, yeah. But hopefully we're going to be yeah. – We'll be back on track. We'll be back on track. Hopefully, we'll shoot for uh, two weeks from now, getting some stuff done. But let's, in typical st- steel toes and scoreboards fashion, we are colossal fuck-ups that can never get anything right. So, so with all this sports going on and March Madness just ending and postseason NHL and NBA coming up and baseball, we're going to talk an anniversary Super Bowl. That's just that's, that's us. That's an all-speed uh, all pitch to you right there. Uh, Change-up. Ephus yep. pitch. Ephus pitch. 36 inches of yep. break coming yep. across the yep. plate. Yep. But the good news is, for those of you, this is an anniversary series. Uh it was played in January of 98, which would have been for the 1997 season. It's one of the best Super Bowls of all time. I was a 10-year-old kid. I loved it. We're going to talk a little uh, Packers-Broncos, uh, yeah. Elway versus Favre. I mean, yeah. So, they, I mean, you sold me right there. I right, sold you right there. Yeah. Uh, shout out Brett Favre. Oh, man. We've not had no time right, to do no, yeah, yeah. no weeknight chronicles. Right. There's more Favre news about this welfare fraud thing, shit going on. and A lot of stuff going on. We've missed a lot of opportunities. <laughs> yeah, well. But uh, let's start. So to the uh, to the best of uh, Puss and I's knowledge. Yes, Hattie. Yes. Uh, all information we present tonight will be factual. If there's anything opinion-based, you should be able to realize it because Kurt and I have the most fucked up opinions of any human being known to man. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. let's let let's get into it. And Hattie, old girl, for old times' sake, what do you say? We uh, you want to pay a bill? Just well, so it makes us look better. Pay bill makes it look professional. Yeah. So let's do it. So, all right, guys, check out Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh, check them out on Facebook. Check out their dot com industry. Uh, they have cool swag for men and women. They have great coffee, swag. energy drinks. They sent us, well, me, because you didn't drink them, but, you know, they had first, when I first asked about this promotion thing, they'd sent me a a shit ton of um, energy drinks. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I, and I, I gouged them down right away, which I didn't need for the beaties, but, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> check, check out Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh, their stuff, their shit's pretty good. Their yeah, coffee, I'll... their coffee's amazing, too, so... There we go. Right on. Right on. So. Dun, 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 <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Is that the Monday Night Football thing? Yeah, I think so, maybe. Okay. Sorry. So, Super Bowl 32 was played between the NFC champion and defending Super Bowl 31 champion, Green Bay Packers, and the AFC champion, Denver Broncos, for to decide the world championship <laughs> for the 1997 regular season. Not a fan. Or, not a fan of either team, by the way. Right. Right. Fun fact. I'm already getting you a fun fact. Yes. Super Bowl 32 also made Qualcomm Stadium, which was in San Diego, where the Chargers played. Right. 
Super Bowl 32 make Qualcomm Stadium the only stadium in history to host both the Super Bowl and the World Series in the same year. Nice. Which would have been 1998. And I'm trying to think who was in the It would have been the Padres and Yankees in the 98 World yeah, Series. Yeah. Because, you know, baseball is our forte on this yes. show. Yes. Now, what's interesting, this was the first Super Bowl for the Broncos after suffering. John Elway suffered four straight Super Bowl defeats. Ouch. And this also snapped a 13-game losing streak for the American Football Conference in the Super Bowl. Wow. Yeah, the last time the AFC won the Super Bowl was in the 83 season. Uh, who'd have been? That would have been the Los Angeles Raiders, Raiders. in Super Bowl 18. Marcus Allen. I love me some Marcus Allen. Can't be wrong with Marcus Allen. No. Okay, so uh, let's He's see. A USC product, wasn't he? Trojan. Yes, he was. Yes, he, he was, was. Yep. Southern yep. Cal yep. Uh, yep. Football University. Yep. There, in modern times, there is now. There's, I guess in modern times, there's actually now 35 teams in the National Football League. You've got all 32, and then at 33, you've got Alabama Crimson Tide. At 34, you've got Miami Hurricanes. And at 35, you've got uh, USC Trojans. Right. <laughs> I had to put that in there. Well, yeah. Fun fact, Kurt. Yes. The Packers, who entered into the Super Bowl – as double-digit favorites, were the f- first team to lose by double-digit favorites since the Minnesota Vikings in Super Bowl number nine. Ah, the Packers, what, they were blowing people out that year, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. So, so what do we want to do? What, what's great about our Super Bowl episodes is we can do a lot more talk about the postseason because there's not five-game series right. and seven-game right. series, right. whereas right. when we do World Series right. recaps, we either sometimes skip the postseason or... We go through it just a penny, but before we get to the postseason, I have a bunch of interesting notes, as you always appreciate this. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the 1997 regular NFL season in general. Okay, yeah. So this was the 78th season for the NFL. The Oilers would relocate from Houston to Nashville to become the Tennessee Oilers before they became the Tennessee Titans. They were the Tennessee Oilers. Yeah. They would they would play their games at Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium in Memphis while the stadium in Nashville was being constructed. Jeff Fisher? Jeff Fisher. Yep. Warren Moon. Oh yeah. Eddie George. Oh yeah. Steve McNair. Oh. Uh here's something just some interesting facts. During game seven of the nineteen ninety seven World Series, which by the way, that's available in our archives it's right. at, uh, at our Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Right. Kurt and I are covered that. Because of Game 7 of the World Series, the Bears-Dolphins game at Pro Player Stadium was delayed and played actually a day later. Right. February 1st, 1997. Four-time Super Bowl starting quarterback, but loser, master of the K-Gun offense, Miami Hurricane, Jim Kelly yeah. announced his retirement from the NFL. Man, no Super Bowl ring. No Super Bowl ring. And uh, I knew you were gonna say, I knew you were gonna bring that up, so here it is. Uh 60% completion percentage, nice. two thirty seven to one seventy five touchdown to interception ratio, a passer rating of eighty four point four, thirty five thousand four hundred and sixty seven career passing yards. Hall of Fame? 
Hall of Famer. Yeah, for sure. Hall of Famer. I like Jim Kelly. Don't like never was a, a Bill fan, but K Gun offense. Yeah. Thurman Thomas. Oh, oh yeah. Thurman Thomas. Hey. Yeah. Thurman yeah. Thomas. Pete Metzelard. Uh, the NFL, the NFL draft in '97. Uh, the first overall pick would go on to be. If he's not a Hall of Famer now, I can't remember if he is. He's he will be eventually. Uh, tackle offensive tackle Orlando Pace from Ohio State to the St. Louis Ohio Rams. State. Anchored yep. that Orlando line for Pace. years. Yep. Damn good. He's line, a big, big fucking boy. Big guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple of rule changes prior to the start of the 1997 season. The most prominent one being, and you'll get a you'll appreciate this, the Emmett Smith rule. No, you're looking at me? In order to reduce taunting and excessive celebrations, no player may remove his helmet while on the playing field except during timeouts between quarters and in case of an injury. Violating the rule results in a fifteen yard penalty. This is in response to what is now being called the Emmett Smith rule after the Cowboys running back's habit of taking his helmet off every ah. time he would score a touchdown. Ah. Well, rules rule. Uh, would you like a look at some statistics for the 97 se- regular yeah, season? The, yeah. Just the NFL season yeah, in yeah. general. Uh, the Broncos, 472 points scored for the season. Total yards gained was by the Broncos with 5,872 Rushing yards, total rushing yards. The Pittsburgh Steelers, uh-huh. 2,479. Hop on the bus. The bus. Uh, check out this. Number one rushing defense in the league. Fewest rushing yards allowed, 1,318 with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they led the league's rushing attack and had the number one ranked rush no, defense. That's not unusual. Well, <laughs> it is nowadays, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's a hot take right there. The number one ranked passing defense, the Cowboys, only allowed 2,522 passing yards. Really? Mm-hmm. Was that Charles Haley on that line? At my, oh, I didn't even think about Charles Haley. Uh, Deion Sanders, maybe? Deion, well, this no, is 97. No, it no, 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 no. Deion would have been. A giant. I mean, a no. No 49er. That might have been when he was a Redskin. Deion was a Redskin for yeah, one or two true. seasons. That's true. Uh, I'm trying to figure out why they would have been so good. No, he might have still been a Cowboy. Because he left Atlanta and went to the 49ers okay. for one season. Got his ring in 94. Uh, went to the Cowboys the next year. Went to Cowboys. Hey, got a ring here. Would you like some uh, individual scoring statistics? Yes. Okay. Most touchdowns scored. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. What? Not that Kareem. A different oh, Kareem. Oh, wait a minute. I think I Miami him. running back. Miami. Yeah. 16 touchdowns. Okay. I knew that was going to fuck with you. I was doing the notes last night. I'm like, I'm going to get him. Yep. Got him. Okay. Fucker. Let's see how well you know me. <laughs> right. Who do I always tell you is my all-time favorite running back? Oh, come on. Never won a Super Bowl. Played uh, in played in the Motor City. Uh, Barry. Barry Sanders, yeah. 1997 on the ground. You know how many yards Barry Sanders had? Too many, probably. 2,053 yards behind that offensive line. Yeah, it was terrible. 2,053 you know, yards. Anybody uh, know how you carry yourself on the field of football, right? Look at Barry Sanders. Look at Barry Sanders, please, when he scores a touchdown. What did he do? He drew, it, most nine times out of ten, hands the football, football off right back to the, the sideline. To the ref, yeah. And he... 
Oh, time to play defense. Here we go. Oh, God. Well, I mean, it's pretty simple. No, no it All is. All everybody wants to see is celebration. It's so cool looking. No, it looks like a bunch of idiots when you're down 20 points and you intercept for a touchdown and you're down, down 13. You're still down 13. What are you going in front of the camera for? Hey, hey, puss. Yes. Hey. <laughs> I'm going to have fun with this one. All right. I want you to just, I mean, I want you to try to think back. I know this was 26 years ago now, although the Super Bowl was played 25 years ago because it was played in January 98, but we're looking at a 26-year-ago season. I want you to just throw me out one or two names. Who do you think was the passing yard leader for the 1997 NFL season? Because I guarantee it'll be somebody you never think of. Mark Bolger. Ooh, good guess, but no. Give you one more. Oh. Throw out a name. Just think 26 years ago. Pick one out of the hat. 26 years ago. I'll <laughs> Wait, take it. You should have seen, you should have seen yeah. the look he gave me. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Time's up. Just throw a name. Red Favre. No. So, you Cordell remember? Cordell Stewart. Oh, got it. Hey, hey, you Steeler guy. Uh, so, you know how uh, I told you that I was a Colts fan? Yeah. From before, you know, the Peyton era. Right. Like the Harbaugh's right, and right, the Jeff right. George at quarterback. Right. You know who led the NFL season in 1997 in passing no. yards with 3,917 yards? Inform me, please. A guy by the name of Jeff George for the Jeff Oakland Raiders. George. I shit you not. No. I shit you not. From Purdue. From Purdue, Indiana owned. The number former one, Colts number one overall pick. No. Jeff George. I like me some Jeff George. He had a pretty throw, man. I mean, now Brett Favre led the league in touchdown passes okay. with right. thirty-five, which I was hanging out with my other best friend Jeremy last night, and he, he goes, he goes, so I'm like, so I was like, this is 1997. It wasn't 2005. In 1997, 35 touchdowns was a lot. Yeah. Okay, Marino, you know, of course right. had thrown 48. Right. Right. You know right. that that one year, right. but but still, 35 was a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, that's a lot of touchdowns. Receptions leader, you're going to – we had Thigpen. a tie, 104 catches apiece. Tim Brown from Oakland. Anti-Thigpen. Ooh. Herman Moore from Detroit. Receiving touchdowns on the season, Chris Carter with Minnesota, nice. yeah. 13. Receiving yards, this one's going to blow your mind. Rob Moore from Arizona, huh. 1,584. Yeah. And the sack master, that terrifying little sawed-off midget in Minnesota, John Randall, yeah. 15 and a half sacks. That ain't very many, really. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, for then, it was yeah, quite a yeah, few. Yeah. Now, let's look at some... Uh, I, I've also got some um, some awards for you here. All right. We had co-MVPs for the 1997 season. Really? Brett Favre yeah. and Barry Sanders. Yeah. Offensive player of the year, Barry Sanders. Uh huh. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back. It's right there on the tip of your tongue. You just, I can number see your twenty-two. I can see his number. Warwick Dunn. Dunn. Number what was the number? Uh, it was twenty-eight. Something like that. Yeah. Linebacker, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Peter Bolwer, yeah. who was a beast. Yeah. Uh, defensive Player of the Year, Dana Stubblefield, Defensive Tackle for the San Francisco Forty Niners. And NFL Man of the Year because he was just—he was a beautifully man, not as beautiful as your beard, but he was a beautiful <laughs> man and a, a good man and an honest man. Yeah. Troy Aikman for the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. 
Troy Aikman, yeah. So hey, UCLA? US, yeah, he was Bruin, UCLA Bruin. Bruin, yep. All right. Uh, I got, I got something for you here. I want to talk about a couple of uniforms. Can we talk about a couple of uniforms? Yeah. Because, I mean, this is just all, you know, right, the 97 right, season. Right. I put something in here just for you. The Pittsburgh Steelers switched from block to rounded numbers on their jerseys. Uh, the Steelers patch was thrown on. And to celebrate their 75th anniversary, they would introduce the 1960s throwback with the black jerseys, gold numbers and helmets, nice. and the white pants. Nice. I love that jersey. Yeah, I do, too. I love the gold helmets. Yeah, those were pretty good. Although, since we're talking about the 97, you know, right. Super Bowl, Super right. Bowl 32, this would be the season where the Broncos retired the Orange Crush yeah, I was going to say, I was going to bring up something. They retired the Orange Crush. They come out with the blue. It, it was the, it was the, or, it was the navy blue and the, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the D logo with the you. horse coming out yeah. was retired in favor of the horse head with the blue yep. outlines and the orange, orange mane. Yep. 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 The first year, yeah. That was their first I, year. I and they won, my they won, they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Huh. And also... Since we shit on Tampa Bay all the time, Tampa Bay got new uniforms too. This was the orange cream sickle. Yeah, was gone. Bad, bad. Was gone. That was when they would get the red and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was bad. Yeah, <laughs> I remember those. They were, the teams were bad too. Bad. <laughs> yeah. Doug Williams was a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, a Super Bowl winner. Doug Williams won. Hey, I'm a 1987 baby. Doug Williams and the 87 Redskins mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I put this in here, too, just because, you know, we're talking. This was the fourth and final year under the NFL's current four-year broadcast contracts. Where games were, where here's the thing: games were still being broadcast on Turner Network Television back then. Uh huh. What no more? This is Howard Cosell. This is Sunday night games would air on TNT, and then on ESPN during the second half of the season. Uh, of course, uh, Sam Weish. Weish was uh, Dicka became the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Right. So Sam Weish replaced him on the NFL on NBC pregame. Yeah. Marv Albert was fired due to sexual assault allegations. He was replaced <laughs> by Tom Hammond. Way uh, downtown, bang! For TNT's final season in 1997, calling the NFL, uh, Mark May would join Vern Lundquist, Vern Lundquist. and Pat Hayden. Pat, Pat Hayden. Hayden, yep, an ex-Ram quarterback. I love Pat Hayden. Back in the way back. 60s, 70s? I don't know. Flintstones. <laughs> uh, I, I got a few things here. I'm not, I don't know. If, you know what? I'll go through all of them. Late 70s. Coaching changes for the 97 season. All right. Because right. some of these names I'm going to throw at you, you're right. going to get a kick out of this because it's going to be a trip down memory lane. Okay. The St. Louis Rams, Dick Vermeil would replace Rich, yeah. Bu- Rich Brooks, who would be fired. Mike Dicka replaced interim coach Rick Venturi. Who replaced the resigning Jim Mora? Mora. Oh, right? Yeah. Playoffs. Playoffs. You want to talk about the playoffs? playoffs? I just want to win a game. <laughs> playoffs. <laughs> the New York Giants. Jim Fassel would replace uh-huh. Dan Reeves. Legendary Dan, Dan, Dan Reeves. Reeves. Yeah. I'll be damned. Ex Bronco. Uh, 
coach, wouldn't he? Uh, right. Yes. Absolutely. Our Falcons. Dan Reeves would go the, then to coach the Falcons. Right. He would replace June Jones, who was fired under after the 96 season. This one you're going to love. You're going to love both these people because I know you remember both these. The New York Jets, Bill Parcells, uh-huh. would replace Richie Kotite. Big Tuna. Big Tuna would replace Rich Kotite, <laughs> who was fired. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 49ers, Steve Mariucci would uh-huh. replace George Seifert. Okay. The Patriots, Pete Carroll would replace Bill Parcells. Right. And that's about it. Uh, that's pretty cool. So, hey, buddy. So, all right, let's talk. Let's talk about the reason we're here. Let's start with who, who you want to start with. You want to start with the Packers? Uh, yeah. Let's start with the Packers. The reigning, defending Super yeah. Bowl champions. So, that was this was the Packers' 79th overall season. Uh, they won their second consecutive NFC championship. They finished the regular season with a 13 and three record. Uh, they dominated the 96 season. Right. They won the Super Bowl. They were pretty good. Prior to the start of the 97 season, it was widely considered they were probably going to repeat right. who was going to stop right. them. Favre was in the middle of winning at the time. You know, this was, uh, I think he'd won at the time. He'd end up winning three, but I think right. at the time it was two straight right. MVPs. Right. So who's going to stop him? Gunslinging, man. Yeah. Uh, during training camp, their star safety, which you can remember, Leroy Butler, yeah. said that he thought the 1997 Packers had a chance to run the table and go 19-0, and which has never happened. 72 Dolphins were undefeated, but they didn't yeah, have to play right. 19 games. Right. Uh, that didn't last very long because Green Bay lost in week two to Philadelphia. <laughs> Uh, fallen. They started off. They didn't start off that good for this team that dominated the season before and won the World Series. Green Bay ended up starting off like three and two. I mean, there's usually a slack fall off for Super Bowl. The, what do they call it? The Super Bowl oh, slump. slump. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but they caught fire in the second half of the season. They had an eight no home record for the second consecutive year. Impressive. It, very impressive. Um, let's see what else we got here. Yes, like as I mentioned earlier, they were 11 and a half point favorites going into the Super Bowl. Uh, and, you know, that just didn't. Uh, bunch of cheeseheads. Yeah, fun fact. <laughs> fun fact. Uh, several years later, after he retired, Favre had said that the Broncos team that beat them in the Super Bowl were very underrated. And he credited Denver's innovative blitz packages. All right. Okay. Innovative blitz packages and strategies. Uh, let's see here. He would go on to win, become co-MVP'd, win his third MVP. Uh, Favre is the first and only player in the history at the time. I don't know if that's still current or not. I should have looked that up. To win three consecutive MVPs. I don't think anybody has done that's it. That's pretty crazy, really. The Packers become the first team to have six NFL MVP award winners. And fun fact, the 1997 Packers are one of only two teams in NFL history to win seven games against teams that would go on to make the playoffs. So History being made. But I got one more little fun fact for you. Despite picking last in the 97 NFL draft because they had won the Super Bowl, they picked up two future All-Pro players, 
Uh, their tackle, Ross Verba. Yeah. And free safety, one of my all-time favorite plates, Darren Wood. Nope. No. Darren Sharper. Sharper. Okay. And in week 10, I just put this in here because uh, this was the last season before Peyton Manning. This was the Jim Harbaugh era. Yeah. Uh, the Packers suffered a 10 to nothing loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Wow. Shut out. In week 12. <clears throat> wow. So let's look at uh, the NFL postseason. Sunday, January 4th, 1998, the Packers played the Buccaneers and beat them 21-7 to uh, in Lambeau, a nice balmy 32 degrees with a na- with a 10-degree uh, wind chill. Damn. So, nice. Do you want to go through the game or not? Well, uh, you want to? Yeah. It's, you want to go through the game? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to see if it jars some memories. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, we got this. This be a good episode. We'll go through it. So, for those of you that haven't listened in a while, because we, me and Kurt, have been around in a while, we, I literally summarized the whole game in paragraphs, and I mean, I don't, not, right. it's not every play, but right. So crucial moment to the crucial moment. So Packers running back Dorsey Levens yeah. rushed for a team playoff record 112 yards and a touchdown, while also catching four passes for 29 yards. As the Green Bay defense held Tampa to only 90 rushing yards and intercepted two passes from their quarterback. Oh, uh, quarterback. You're going to think. Man. Just throw one out here. Right or wrong, I'll Dilfer, get you. I don't know. Trent Dilfer. Dilfer. Look at you. You weren't uh, even sure when yeah, you said I know, that. Right? I can see it in your face. That's 26 years ago, right? Yeah. Dilfer only completed 11 of 36 passes for 200 Ouch. yards in that game. Ouch. Earlier in the game, Tampa Bay sent their field goal unit onto the field three different times, but and, came away with and, zip. Let me, uh, defensively for the Packers, we're talking Reggie White. No. Oh, uh, let me look. I don't think. Let me flip. I have Green Bay Packers roster. So your defensive lineman, yeah. you do yeah. have Reggie. Yeah, give us the line a rundown. There okay, your him. defensive lineman, your defensive players. Uh, Gilbert Brown, okay. Santana Dawson, Paul Fraze, yeah. Darius Holland. Okay. Bob, I don't remember this. Bob Kubersicki? I don't remember him. Keith McKenzie, Jermaine Smith, which is your big one. Right. Reggie White, yeah. and Gabe Wilkins. Linebackers, uh, Seth Joyner, yeah. Brian Williams, yeah. Lamont Hollenquest, yeah. Bernardo Davis. Your DBs, Darren Sharper. Here we go. Leroy Butler. Butler. Mark Collins. Chris Darkins, Doug Evans, Blaine McElmurray, Roderick Mullen, yeah. Mike Pryor, Eugene Robinson, Tyrone Eugene Williams. Robinson. Eugene Robinson. Yeah. Okay. That Eugene Robinson. Let's uh, go back here. Cool. I like it. Um, the game started right. with a punt from each team. Yeah. I mean, Reggie White, we say no more. I mean, he was a Intimidating son of a bitch. Beast. Intimidating. Yes. I'm not okay. Here's the deal. I put Lawrence Taylor. I put LT so high on the list of well, all-time pass rushers. Yeah. And but there but. is something to be said for former Packer, former Eagles, Reggie White. Yeah, he, a beast. Yeah, a beast. Nobody could handle him. Uh, Two guys. He go right through him. Yeah. Now on I, the opposite side of the field, though, with Tampa Bay on their defense. You've got some future Hall of Famers and Warren Sapp, Sapp Derek you. Brooks, Sapp, yeah. Rondé Brooks. Barber. Yeah. And they can't do nothing against Brett Favre. 
just let's 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 go through this here. How many more paragraphs we have? Not just this much. Uh, Favre had a rough day as well, though. Right. I guess I, I should good, take that back. Good defense. Completing only fifteen to twenty-eight for one hundred ninety yards with a touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, this this game was the first postseason meeting between the Buccaneers and the Packers. Now this would have been the divisional round because right. Green Bay, you know, would get a first round bye. Right. right. Uh. So let's jump to. I don't really care about that. Let's jump to the NFC Championship game, which was a lot closer. This one was played in that. Well, it's not. It's not. It's Candlestick, or well, right? Would it be Candlestick? I don't know. Three Com Park. Three Com. Yeah, yeah my okay. bad. Three Com. So this was. Uh, this game was not as close as it seemed on paper. It was the Packers upsetting the 49ers uh, by two touchdowns. It was third. It was twenty-three to ten. Twenty-three to ten. Charles Haley would have been on that Niner team. Uh, I'm pretty sure. You had Pat Summerall and John Madden yeah. calling the game. Yeah, sweet. I love Pat Summerall. Yeah. Boom. 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 <laughs> For the yeah. third year in a row, Green Bay trounced San Francisco in the in the playoffs. They held them to just 257 yards while forcing four fumbles and five sacks. The 49ers gained just 33 yards on the ground and wow. running back Garrison Hurst. Hurt. Yeah. Who rushed for over a thousand yards during the regular season had only twelve yards on eight carries. Ouch. The Ouch. average starting position when the game was ended for the 49ers was on their own seventeen yard line, Ouch. is what they estimate. That's old time football there. In the man. opening possession, Green Bay moved the ball seventy six yards in ten plays with Favre completing an eighteen yard pass to Robert Brooks. On the next play, 49ers safety Rod Woodson. Yeah was called for a 24-yard pass Ouch. interference play that moved the ball to San Fran's 35. Green Bay eventually reached the two-yard line before a pass was deflected, falling short of wide-open fullback Will Henderson. Will Henderson, yeah. Man, that's a name I, I ain't heard, heard in a while. Yeah. Uh, forcing the Packers to settle for a field goal from uh, Ryan Longwell. That's yeah. another name I ain't yeah. heard in a while. Pretty good kicker. In the second quarter, San Fran drove 60 yards from their own 12 to the Green Bay 28 where they faced the third down and eight. On the next play, Steve Young, oh, Southpaw yeah, Steve Young, yeah. his pass was intercepted by Eugene Robinson and returned 58 yards to San Francisco's 28-yard line in what turned out to be a very important yeah. play of this game. Favre then found a wide-open receiver. And if you guys got to think, in 1997, there was no Donald Driver yet. Nope. Bubba Franks, nope. Greg Jennings, all these guys. Favre had one badass that I can remember from my childhood by the name of Antonio Freeman. Yes. And Freeman slashed through the middle he for a 27-yard fast, oh. dude. Antonio Freeman? Yes, he was fast. There's certain players when you when you watch football and you look at the game, there's certain players you look Impact. at. Impact players, yeah, where everything yeah. comes natural for yeah. them and easy. Yeah, you've seen it with guys like Randy Moss, right? right. Uh, Jerry Rice, right? right. Even T.O. Right. with all his back, yeah. But the first, my first real viewing and, and, and seeing that was a lot of Antonio Freeman. Yeah, he's good. Man, I told you this one was going to bring back uh, memories. Great third down, third down receiver too. I mean, 
Move the chains slot, guy. Slot guy. Uh, let's see. Green Bay would manage to drive deep into San Francisco territory later in the game. Favre committed a 15-yard grounding penalty on third and 14. Longwell would miss a 47-yard field goal on the next play. On the 49ers' next drive, they drove 52 yards in nine plays, including Young's 48-yard completion to a very young first- or second-year player you might have just heard of uh, out of you know Chattanooga by the name of Terrell Owens. Owens. Yeah, T.O. Yeah, T.O. on third down 26. And here's another name you ain't heard. Young almost completed a touchdown pass to a guy named J.J. Stokes. Okay. I think I remember that. J.J. Stokes. Uh, Gary Anderson was still kicking. They had to settle for a field goal. Gary Anderson was still kicking? Gary Anderson was still kicking. Steeler. Gary Anderson. Uh, 51 seconds remained. Green Bay got the ball back. Favre got his team into scoring range. With a completion of Freeman, Longwell hit a 43-yard field goal. Dead as nuts as time expired, giving the Packers a 13-3 halftime lead. And, you know, on the first play of the second half, Favre would come out, throw to Henderson. And uh, basically, they just spanked the PP. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just, we'll just stop it there. Uh, Favre finished the game completing 16-27 of 27 for 222 yards and a touchdown. Dorsey Levins recorded a then-playoff team record 116 rushing yards and a touchdown while catching six balls for 37 yards. Freeman caught four passes for 107 yards and a touchdown. T.O. was the sole offensive star for his team, catching six passes for 100 yards. Oh, and Dorsey... Oh, and... uh, No. Never mind. I I already mentioned Dorsey. This was the third year in a row, though, that Green Bay had been had defeated the 49ers in the playoffs. Uh, the Packers would then re- advance to their second consecutive and fourth overall Super Bowl appearance. Packer fan. Packer fan. I don't like the uniforms either. Yeah. So, <laughs> what's wrong with Packer uniforms? They're ugly. I don't much care for them. You know what the G stands for on their helmet? Gay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Did I just say that? <laughs> you just see your face. It's 2023. Uh, Is that correct to say? Uh, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Calling someone gay as, as uh, prevalent as... It's happy. Exactly, I guess. Fuck That's it. I'm leaving it in. I don't care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, okay. So go ahead and tell me. What's the G stand for? Well, you, uh, well, you think it'd be something for green? Yeah. Bay, or I don't know. It's weird. It stands for greatness. That's uh, from the Lombardi himself. The The... The rumor is that God's favorite team is actually not the Cowboys, but it's the Packers. Packers, yeah. Well, uh, well <laughs> Lombardi said, uh, or, you know, an interview was a somebody asked him what the G stood for, and it was greatness. So here's a weird here's a, here's a weird question because I haven't seen you in so long. Fuck it, we're just, we're gonna have a great episode. Not that I agree with that greatness. Because I, I, I don't have nothing to do. You have anything to do? No. No, fuck it. Let's no, let's, let's talk let's talk sports. Let's go mushroom hunting. And I don't know. Let's talk sports. Yeah. Uniforms. Yeah. I always believe the best looking uniforms in sports come from the NFL sport. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Better than baseball oh, jerseys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ho- well, I don't yeah. know, man. I'll, there's some badass hockey sweaters out there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 
Who's got the best looking jerseys in the NFL ever? What's what's the best looking jersey? Well, you know who I'm going to say. You, I, I know I'm if I homer. look, it's surrounded on every wall in I, this I'm living a, room. I'm a homer, dude. I like the black and gold. With can the, can the I helmet, say the blue? Can yellow. I say gay twice in well, thirty say, seconds? You can say gay twice. Remember Jeff Dunham? Yeah, the ventriloquist. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He was talking about he drove a powder blue Prius. Oh no, not the the Chargers, the Chargers? powder blue jerseys. Damn man, there's something about it. yeah. Although man. this this dies right he, here. Tyson Cravener, if you're listening to this, he, you fucking. Steelers fan, you and my co-host, Steelers fan, the Bumblebee Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> jerseys. Terrible. What do you mean they're terrible? Terrible. Those looking. are badass. Uh, You're so. a Steelers fan. It's I on every wall in this house. I don't see no bubble jerseys. In you don't here. like the Bumblebee jerseys? No, I really. think those are fucking just the absolute right, awesome. Uh, uh, they're all right, I guess. All right. And the old school... The old school uh, Redskins jerseys, the ugly ones. Well, we can't say Redskins anymore. The uh, the uh, the the ones that Thiesman and them would wear as throwbacks. Uh, damn it, they're not. They weren't the red and white ones, but they were the the fucking red and uh, rust color. Yes, kind of rust. I don't know why I think those look badass. They yeah, just do. They do. Uh, John Riggins. John Rigg, man, man, the the, the, uh, the offensive line, they the hogs, the hogs, yeah. Russ Grimm, Russ, Russ Grimm, Grimm was a did was one of your guys' coaches. He was an offensive yeah, line yeah, coach. Yeah, he was a damn good. Off- Them guys were mean and nasty. They were big. And they that moved, was a big and, offensive line. Well, Redskins had that. That yeah, was the seventies, eighties. The running back was like a, a stump. The running. diesel. Yeah, John Riggins, man. Every yard he got was falling forward. I mean. And everything moved back. Them guys were tough. You know, football's so flashy and show and showy now. Yeah, I miss that old school. Just bust too. somebody in I the fucking too. mouth like uh, we've seen in the nineties. Yes, uh, smash mouth football. Oh my god, it's CTE. It's CTE. Let them fucking play. They, they signed up for it. They know what they're getting into. <sighs> it's a gladiator sport. It is. It is. Yeah. It's kill the guy with the yeah, ball. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, how do you think some of the seriously? It's seriously, going to get worse before it gets better. Though. Not, not to get off on the world's full of overly sensitive pussies tangent here. My show, I can say it, fuck right. it. Uh, but uh, how do you think some of these divas today would fare going up on the field against a guy like Ronnie fucking Lot, oh, no. or Lawrence Taylor, yeah, or Steve Reggie Atwater, White, Steve, Steve Atwater, Atwater, Deacon Jones? Yeah, holy crap. <laughs> Been a long day. Demarcus Ware for the yeah. Cowboys. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, yep. football's gone soft, bro. It has. Okay. We got to protect the quarterback. Well, quarterback's on the field to play. He know he signed the his that's, mommy that's signed right. the permission slip. Ask, she knows. Ask Terry Bradshaw. Ask any of them guys. They get their heads ripped off. Who do you think was the hardest hit and scariest defensive player you've ever seen? Lyle Alzado. Scary Lyle Alzado. Fuck you, damn right. Yeah. Ooh, that's a hot take right there. I I didn't hesitate when I you asked me. I gotta say I gotta say Lawrence. I gotta say LT. I'm LT, not a homer. Yeah, he he caused a lot of havoc. 
I seen fucking guys be like, I ain't going on the field with him there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Lyle Alzado. He was a mean son of a bitch, I'm telling you. Of course, people would say, well, Dick Buckus. Los Angeles Raiders, right? Dick Buckus. Dick Buckus. I like I mean, no, no disrespect, but. Uh, Ray Nitschke. Yeah. In the 60s, him and Buckus. And <laughs> I can't. We say I can't. Richard Buckus. This is going to be like the shuttlecock all over again from last month. <laughs> well. I mean, interesting. You, Kurt, your last name was Buckkiss. I wouldn't name your son Richard, would you? I had a teacher in high school. Dick her first, Buckus. her first name was Sharon. Peters. You know, no, <laughs> no, I, I know. I swear to you, hand on the Bible, uh, Sharon. But, but why would you name her? Well, you want to? I got one even better. This is a true story. And if I'm lying, may God strike me dead. When I was a kid. You know, mom used to take me to church every Saturday night or every Sunday morning. Yeah. The preacher's last name was Dick. Yeah. Don't tell me. His first name was Firmus. His parents named him Firmus. Firmus. F I R M U S. Kurt, do you see a lightning bolt come through? No. I I bet you, I don't know how good you are in the Google machine, but if there's a way to look up past preachers in the southern Indiana area, Firmus Firmus Dick. Dick. Father Dick. No. Firmus Dick. How bad do you hate your fucking kid to name him Firmus with a last name? Now, granted, you know, he was probably born in the the 30s, 40s, 20s. He might have been the coolest kid around. They weren't making a whole lot of dick and penis jokes back then. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, Dick Buckus. Dick Buckus. Firmus Firmus Dick. Dick, Sharon Peters. People, people. I say that, and then here here comes Dole. Yeah. yeah no, no snappy comeback for any of that? Uh, I didn't really hear what you guys were saying. Dick. Firmus Dick. Firmus Dick. That was the mean? preacher's name. Firmus Dick. Oh, just, uh. Really? You know, names that can get. You sure it wasn't, uh, his last name wasn't Richard? <laughs> Richard you Dick. Know, they get Dick out of Richard. So yeah, right. so how do you get Dick out of Richard? <laughs> pry, short for Richard pry, is Dick. Pry him off with a spatula. We went way the fuck off well, the rail. Right? That happens. <laughs> We're getting thrown off the air. Well, just for that, we better pay Bill. <laughs> Look at you. Ever the businessman. Kurt's like, we need a segue. Sure, why not, guys? Well, <laughs> if they still want anything to do with us, check out Glary Guitars on Facebook or look them up at glarymusic.com. Uh, very uh, reasonable, affordable instruments you can get some uh, acoustics for about eighty dollars and uh it's great it's fucking fantastic for your youth that's wanting to learn to play i can't even focus right now this is went off the rails more and more lately we're becoming a comedy podcast i feel like people well, love it though we're we're I tracking mean, we put out content in a month and we're still tracking downloads on a daily basis how that's happening i have no idea you but uh, naturally, I guess. I bet know. they're laughing at us. Well, I don't care. We'll laugh with them. <laughs> Anyways, guys, give Glary a call at one six zero six four zero four six two eight six. Again, that's six zero six four zero four six two eight six. Their customer service is yeah. top notch. Yeah. Great sounding guitars. Great sounding yeah. guitars. I called it a cannon. So uh, check out Glary Guitars. Give them a call. Not Firmus Dick. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not making that up. I, I I, it's legitimate. Yeah, I the father's name. I've never heard of a name, Firmus. It, it's an old school name. Like I've heard of Ernest. 
A thermos. I'm, I'm, I'm Father Thermos Dick. I could probably see uh, that name. Well, how old was he? Uh, so, I mean, he was probably in his 60s or his right. 70s when I was a kid. I mean, there, yeah. So he had yeah. been born in early 1900s, 1910s. He was an adult baby. An adult baby. <laughs> with Firmus. Firmus Dick. Firmus. I wonder if we're going to hell for that. I bet his middle name was longer. Uh, <laughs> his first name was Harden. <laughs> this episode went way off the rail. This is great stuff. This is what happens when we're not together for... Oh, boy. <laughs> you want to talk about those AFC champion Denver yeah, Broncos? Yes. yes, the Denver Broncos. <laughs> is that Howard Cosell again? Uh, yes. Alongside with my very best friend, Jared Atkins. Boom! Boom. I can't do Brett Favre. You can't do Brett Favre? Wait, I can't do John Madden. There you go. I would do... <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Boom. Can you do no, a Pat yeah, Summerall? Yeah. I don't know if I can do a Pat Summerall. That didn't sound bad right there. Pat Summerall. This is Pat Summerall. John, they're moving the ball to... No, I, that was bad. I heard you can do a good uh, Sylvester Stallone Rocky. Oh, uh, yeah, I've done that before, you know. <laughs> yeah, yo, Paul, you know. Uh, Paulie, you got a smart amount. You, know you got a smart amount. All right, let's fucking do this. <laughs> hey, yo, Mick. Yo, Mick. Mick. He's punching me pretty hard in the face, Mick. All right. The 1997... Do you got to work tomorrow? No. no, you don't. Negative. Lucky fuck. I don't either. The nineteen ninety seven season was the Broncos' twenty eighth season in the National Football League. They're thirty eighth overall as they were an AFL team back in the day. They finished the regular season with a twelve and four record, finishing second in the AFC West. Uh they were the second wild card team to since the nineteen seventy merger of the leagues to win a Super Bowl. Joining the 1980 Oakland Raiders, as the mentioned Oakland earlier, Raiders. the Oakland Raiders. As as mentioned earlier, 1997 was we saw the addition of their new logo, their award marks, and the new uniforms. Uh, this would continue until 2012 when they would make a uniform and logo change, and the uni- current uniforms would then become the alternate uniforms. I'm not sure how I felt about it right first. I'm not a Bronco fan, but right. I'm not a big fan of change. I like the Orange Crush. You like the Orange Crush? I like them as alternate uniforms. I don't like them as primary uniforms. They're ugly. But that old school royal blue and the yeah. orange, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. What's interesting about this is one of, one of the most fascinating stories in sports to me has always been the Jacksonville Jaguars in their first or, first or second year in the league, they, you know, make it to the postseason or whatever. Right, right. Well, uh, John been, Elway. Who'd have been a quarterback in? Would have been Mark Brunel? Mark, Mark would have been Mark Brunel? Yep. Left hand. I'm trying to think. That yeah, would, I would have been, been eight, nine years that'd old. Been that'd Brunel. Have been, that'd have been old yep. lefty, Mark yep. Brunel. Yeah. Pretty good quarterback. Number eight. eight. Gamer. He, he made a bunch gamer. of money. Do up. He made a bunch of money. Brunel then? Mark Brunel made a shitload of money. I'm sure he's about like Kirk So Kennedy. does Sam Bradford. He don't got a goddamn thing to show for it either. Uh, it's a Heisman Trophy. So, uh, 
having lost a disappointing playoff game to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the 1996 postseason, uh, of course, we'll get to in a minute, they uh, they would, you know, end up facing them again in the postseason here. The uh, Jaguars. See. The Jaguars. Let me see here. Uh, as mentioned earlier, of course, you know, they would be a wild card team to win, and then the AFC championship, they would be the first AFC contender to win the Super Bowl in 13 years. This win was a big morale boost to the Broncos, who had suffered through four Super Bowl losses, and Elway, who had been quarterback for three of those defeats. Yeah, he got blown out, too. I think they knew him were close. Oh, yes. So... Let me see. Do we got anything else here of note? No. So we're going to jump into the postseason, and then we'll start to get to the meat and taters. Yeah. So they had to play wild cards. So they had to play three games. So the Jaguars come into Mile High Stadium in Denver in the wild card round in front of 70,000 fans. Uh, I got something I want to say about Mile High Stadium. Oh, here we go. It's Don't you go think ahead. it's an unfair advantage for teams to play in high altitude that don't ever play in high altitude? I mean, these guys practice there. I'm just saying. They're a, they're accustomed to it, you're saying. Yeah. They're, I mean, it would make a difference. I know uh, Ryan Clark, the safety for the Steelers, could not play in Denver. No, because he had that, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that sickle cell or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Boom. You think it's an unfair advantage? I don't know. I'm just saying. For which team? The opposing team? Yes. Or for the, yeah, for the opposing team. I mean, especially. You're asking me if I think it's an unfair yeah, advantage. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, anybody. I think it would be an uh, unfair advantage to the home team. The team that gets to practice in all that, those conditions. You know, plus I've never really thought about that before. They're accustomed to it, but then uh, on the other hand, somebody could say, uh, "Well, it's no different than a." I mean, than a cold weather team. You ever been? You ever been higher altitude? No, fuck, I ain't never been further west. Ears pop and stuff. I mean, if you're not, well, I mean, I've been in the Smoky Mountains and and the Appalachian Mountains. I remember the ears popping. Those mountains there are nothing. Yeah, it's nothing compared to what the Rockies is. I mean, I'm just saying. But but an asshole, some asshole could go. Well, it's no different than teams like the Patriots or the Packers playing in cold weather all the time. Well, no, that there is. I mean, that there is. You could you could. Nowadays, you could do something about that. You could fucking freeze your players out in your indoor stadium or whatever. Just build a fucking dome over every fucking place. Well, yeah, no, no. I like I like the football we played in the elements. Yeah, I think it's, I think it should all be outdoor stadium. Yeah, yeah. Football's meant to be and played in the elements. And but you know, all I'm saying is, I mean, what these teams fly in when they're playing a game at Denver? Okay, so they're there for what one day maybe ahead ahead of time oh, or they there for maybe a week a day or two. Or day or two, maybe that's enough time to adjust. I forgot about I, that. I Ryan Clark, I don't think Ryan it would Clark be would yeah. have to sit out. Yep. He had that fucking sickle cell knee yep. or whatever that yep. fucked with him. Yep. 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 That's interesting, Puss. Okay. So, in the interest here of... Where are, damn, we're an hour in. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't give a shit. Here goes the listeners. Nah, who cares? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Dol, dol <clears throat> do, do you ever log on and check our analytics? Yeah, uh, no, I don't. 
No, I do. I basically like will click listen to an episode where. Well, but you don't ever log on and check the analytics. And yet I gave you I gave you all the access as our third as our third guy. Well, it's just a lot on the plate, you know. I mean, you know. Uh, it takes away from the NBA 2K time. And uh, the analytics, you know, I don't, I am an analytics. The algorithms. You, know, you you are a very analytical thinker. Uh, maybe, but I don't really like that. It messes with the algorithms. The algorithms. Yeah. Uh, do you? I don't really want to go through the game. Do you? Nah. Okay. So Broncos win forty-two to seventeen. Spank the PP. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't really want to summarize it. We'll we'll do that. That this was only the second postseason meeting between the Jags and the Broncos. As Jacksonville had won the year before. Champion or not championship divisional round. Uh, this was before the divisional realignment in 2002. We have uh, Broncos versus Chiefs. Uh-huh. Uh, that game was a little bit close. Chiefs were the one seed in the AFC conference, uh, and they lost 14 to 10 to at Arrowhead. Who's your quarterback? Let me look. Trent Green. I don't know if it would have been Trent Green yet. Would have been Elvis Gerback, maybe. Let me look and maybe. see. Chiefs quarterback Elvis Gerbach. Nice call, Alan. Uh, let's see here. We got any? So TD was who was uh, who was the running back for fucking Kansas City? Christian McCoy? No, that was way back. You know who was the? You know who was their lead receiver for Kansas City? No. I just, uh, of course, you had a rookie tied in in Tony Gonzalez. Right. Andre Rising? Bad Moon Rising. Rising. No way. I'll <clears throat> be oh, damned. Who's the running back? That's what I'm trying to find. I'm just looking. Priest I don't. Holmes. Priest Holmes, maybe. No, he no. wasn't there yet. He wasn't there yet. No, no, no. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Did I put it in? I'm trying to see. Uh, motherfucker. Denver running back, Trail Davis. I don't have the Kurtz going to the Google machine. You go for it, big puss. You find it. <laughs> I'm looking to see if it's in the notes. Where am I not finding this? Let me see here. Dead air. I don't I don't have it in here. Huh. Huh. Are you are you looking it up? Uh, yeah, I'll look it up here. All right. I'll get it for you. We're going to pause for the cause. Yep. Now, nah, fuck it. We'll just keep rolling tape. I don't care. 1997. Uh-oh. Breaking ESPN news. Uh-oh. Oh, it's not that breaking. Silas won't return as the Rockets head coach. Really? Yeah. He's out. He's out. That go. breaks Dole's heart. We'll get somewhere, folks. Maybe. Oh, God. Marty Schottenheimer. Was the coach? He's a running back. No, just kidding. This was the last game in Hall of Fame career of Chiefs running back Marcus Allen. He wouldn't have been go, their, he wouldn't have been their <laughs> yep. starting running back. Yeah. That was... Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, so me and Kurt feel like idiots. Yep. We are going to go through the AFC Championship game, though. 
The AFC Championship game went down on Sunday, January 11th, 1998 at Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh. What year? 1997. 1998. At Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh. AFC Championship game. Pittsburgh Steelers, Denver Broncos. Broncos win 24-21. And since it's your team, we're going to go through this. All right. For the second week in a row, Denver had eliminated a team on the road who had beat them in the regular season. In week 15, Pittsburgh had defeated the Broncos 35-24 with quarterback Cordell Stewart throwing for over three dimes and three touchdowns while running for two more. This time, however, Denver intercepted three of his passes, recovered a fumble, and also sacked him three times. Most of the scoring came in the first half. Pittsburgh got an early scoring opportunity when LaVon Kirkland uh-huh. intercepted a pass from Elway on the Broncos 43. The Steelers moved the ball to the 20, only to have Norm Johnson miss uh-huh. a 38 year a 38 yard field goal. 38 year. Yeah, that'd, sh- be a, sorry. that'd be a long field goal, right? <laughs> Smart ass. <laughs> on the next play, Denver running back Terrell Davis took off for a 43 yard run to the Steelers 29. No. And the team went on to score on a TD eight-yard touchdown run. Will Blackwell returned the kickoff 18 yards to the 35, where Pittsburgh went on to move the ball 65 yards to tie the game. And on the final two plays, Stewart completed a 20-yard pants to Yancey Thigpen. I love that. And ran the ball the final 33 yards to the end zone. Steelers safety Darren Perry ended Denver's next drive by forcing and recovering a fumble. Uh, Pittsburgh then drove 68 yards and 11 plays to go up 14 to seven on a bus. One yard touchdown run. The wheels on the bus. The Broncos took the ball back and went on a 10 play 45 yard drive to score on kicker Jason Elam. That's a name we ain't yeah, talked ever. Damn kicker. Uh, both teams had a punt the following drive. Blackwell had a 19 yard return to give the Steelers a first down on the Broncos 43. But two plays later, Stewart forced a throw into double coverage and safety Ray Crockett intercepted his pass in the end zone. After the turnover, Elway led the Broncos 80 yards to score on a 15-yard touchdown pass to Howard Griffith, which gave the Broncos a 17-14 lead. This is a good little championship game here. The Steelers had to punt on their next drive, and Darian Gordon... Returned the ball 19 yards to the Broncos 46, which would set up a 54-yard drive that ended on Elway's one-yard touchdown pass to Ed McCaffrey. Uh, Ed McCaffrey. Gave Denver a 24-14 lead with 13 seconds left in the half. 34 of their 54 yards came from a pass interference penalty on the Steelers defensive back Carnell Lake. Lake. Damn it. <laughs> uh both defensive controlled most of the second half. The Steelers took the opening drive of the second half, moved the ball down the field, and had a great chance on the Broncos' five. Linebacker Allen Aldridge ended the possession with an interception in the red zone. The next time the Steelers got the ball, they moved it to the Broncos' 32, only to lose it again when Smith forced a fumble while sacking Cordell Stewart, and Mike Lodish made the recovery. Later in the fourth quarter, Cordell Stewart completed 7 of 8 for 68 yards and rushed twice for 11 yards on a 79-yard drive that ended with his 14-yard touchdown pass to Charles Johnson, cutting the score to 24-21 to with 2.46 left to go in the game. I remember I was getting excited. Yeah. After the two-minute warning, facing third down and five on their own 15-yard, 
Jason or Elway connected to an 18 yard completion to Shannon Sharp <sighs> for a first down. Then on the next play, he completed a 10 yard pass to McCaffrey for another first down, enabling his team to run out the rest of the clock. Shannon Sharp would later say that Elway made up the converting play in the huddle seconds before the game. I believe it. Uh, this would turn out to be the final playoff game at Three River Stadium. This was the first time since the playoff seeding established that a team who finished with a better regular season record had to play a conference championship game on the road. This was the fifth postseason meeting between the Broncos and the Steelers, and both teams had previously split their four prior meetings. And now, this is what we're here for. Meat and taters. Meat and taters. But before we get to the meat and taters, let's talk a little bit about the Super Bowl and, and a little bit of Super Bowl appetizer. Yeah. Fun fact, Kurt. All right. NFL owners awarded the city of San Diego Super Bowl 32 during their October 1993 meeting in Chicago. Okay. So five years, years before. Base, right. This was the second time San Diego hosted the game as they had previously hosted Super Bowl 22 10 years earlier in January of 88. The Broncos ended up playing in both San Diego Super Bowls and became the first franchise in history to play two different Super Bowls in the same stadium twice as they had played twice at the Superdome for Super Bowls 12 and Super Bowl 14. Nice run there, dude. Nice run there. But, uh, man, you, you got all that off without stumbling a word. I, I, I appreciate you, you that. You do a good job, bro. Hey, man, I can do the, I can't. I can do this, but I can't do it without you. Because otherwise, I'm just an idiot talking to the mic. At least here, I've got a second idiot. Well, at least looking I'm, at you like I'm stupid. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go, right on. Yeah, right on. Uh, let's see here. What we got here? Of course, eleven game favorites. I know I got that printer, and I never print you shit off anymore. That's all right. <laughs> I can barely uh, read anyway. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I can barely read anyways. Uh, the game was televised in the United States on NBC with Einberg calling his eighth and final Super Bowl, Dick Einberg, Phil Sims, Dick Einberg, Einberg, and Paul McGuire. Yeah, yeah. Silent reporter Jim Gray. Greg Gumble hosted all the events and was joined by co-host Ahmad Rashad. By the way, fun fact, if you go back in our archives to somewhere around October, November of 2021, Kurt right. and I did a uh, bonus episode, and uh, we had to pick him, and Kurt picked wide receiver Ahmad Rashad. Rashad. Yeah. And I looked at him like, wow. Uh, commentators, <laughs> Chris Collinsworth, Sam Weish, and Joe Gibbs. Oh. This was Gumbel's final assignment for NBC before going back to CBS. Uh, let's see here. Uh... Anything else interesting of note? Uh, well, we'll get to it. You probably already got it. What, what's right. that? Not, never mind. Go ahead. Okay. Well, go ahead. When we get to it, I'll point it out. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Let me see if I got anything in notes here. I did a whole bunch of copy and paste on some stuff. I didn't. I didn't. I barely hand typed any fucking thing this last. Yeah. This was all copy and paste from uh, all of our sources. Let's see if I. I just trying to see because I didn't read through this last night when I was copying it. Just trying to, if I need any of this. Uh, <laughs> I love this. Well, the pregame show was narrated by actor and comedian Phil Hartman, uh, okay. who was murdered 
Oh. Only four months later. Wow. By his, I think it was his wife. Uh, it celebrated the music and the history of the state of California. It featured performances by Lee Greenwood, the Beach Boys, uh, Jewel sang the national anthem. Oh. To honor the 10th anniversary of the Washington Redskins win. Ah, he said it. In Super Bowl 22, the only other previous Super Bowl played in San Diego, the game's MVP, Doug fucking Williams, and former head coach Joe Gibbs participated during the corn toss. All right. They were joined by the recently retired longtime football head coach, Eddie Robinson, who ran the Grambling State University Tigers football team. Nice. Uh, from 1942 to 1997. That's, that's a long. That's, that's a long time. Yeah. The halftime show that year was a tribute ah, to Motown. Point here it is. That's what I was going to ask you. Boys to Men, Smokey Robinson, Queen Latifah, Martha Reeves, and the Temptations. When well, they going to have some real music on there, dude? Or or more Janet Jackson? Okay. <sighs> okay. So so here's the deal. Uh, two years ago, not two. Last year. Was the halftime show for all of us '80s and '90s babies? That was when we had Eminem and Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Yeah, that was fucking impressive. Yeah, yeah. But the last badass, badass Super Bowl halftime show that I remember was Colt Saints 2010, The Who. Yeah, there we go. God, there you but go. But I want to see some. I want to see some diversity at the halftime show. Like I want to see some Metallica. Yeah, I want to see some. Uh, it's getting too. It's getting too late for some of them, you know. I know. What's the best halftime show you ever watched? <sighs> Anything stand out? I, I usually don't watch it. To be honest with you. Well, fuck you! Ain't got no TV now. Well, oh I my mean, god! Look, I just noticed your TV's gone. Uh, McCartney. Paul McCartney. Uh, he doesn't get job. How you playing 2K? Where the fuck's your TV at? In the bedroom. You moved it. Hanging on the wall. Yeah. It looks so empty out here without all this shit in here now, don't it? Uh, yeah, except for my wall of Steelers. Wall of Steelers, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Exactly. Jersey. Yes. Whose jersey is that, Puss? Horn- Hornquist when he was a Penguin. Hmm. Let me tell you something about my co-host. I was going to get him a little piece of uh, something for Christmas, and Puss didn't want me to get him a Christmas no, present. It's not about that. I want to show appreciation to my co-host, get him some sports memorabilia. He goes, no. I mean, well, that's another another (laughs) something. Yeah. Okay. Santa Claus. Yeah, look. (laughs) So so here's what we're going to do, because Puss don't have to work tomorrow. He's going to go out the woods in a little bit. Good thing is now it stays daylight for another five, six hours yet. It does, yes. So to... To borrow a phrase from our friends at After Two Beers Podcast, yeah. we're going to take a pause for the cause, yeah. which means I have it's, to piss. It's a nice day out there. Yeah. We're going to take a pause for the cause. I have to piss. We're going to check out the uh, the the Kelly Sports Complex. Oh, yeah. And we're going to come in and cover the Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, usually, Kurt and I, you guys never know we're gone, but usually, Kurt and I leave you guys on pause for about an hour or two. We go out and play some hoops and... Uh, so, yeah. Something so it's a nice day here. It's a nice day uh, to be sitting indoors podcasting all day. But it's Easter. It's Easter Sunday, as you guys are hearing this. Easter eggs. There you go. That's Easter money left. So, uh, Kurt and I will be back momentarily. Yes.
Kirk Kelly playing a little bit of music for everybody. <laughs> I accidentally hit the wrong button. We'll be right back. We might have to edit that out. Yeah. They they heard a little bit of you playing guitar because I bumped the uh, oh, that's all right. the unpause button. I don't know. We might leave it in. We might edit it out. Uh, it out. Who knows? So, so here we are. We are meat and taters time. Finally, we've covered everything leading up to the Super Bowl. So let's get ready to do the Super Bowl. Guys, check out Nana's Aroma LLC. Check her out on Facebook. Check her out at nanasaromas.com. Uh, I just seen her posting stuff on Facebook just the other day. Um, she is uh, she's doing a lot of business. She's doing well, you know, for a retiree. And that's awesome, man. You know, she does all of her own candles. She does air fresheners. She does uh, warmer melts. Uh, the works. Everything is handmade by her, start to finish, top to bottom. Uh, give her a call at eight one two. 972-3670 that's 812 972-3670 uh, uh, she does have a store but uh, you know give her a heads up before you come to the store uh, you know I know we're three years from when COVID started but still out of respect for Nana just uh, yeah. anyways yeah. I still have my blueberry candle from Nana oh yeah I just burned it the other day Man. Some bitch was good enough to eat. Yes. I mean, it just smelled literally like a blueberry muffin. Made me hungry. I know. I'm always hungry. Ah, me too. <laughs> All right, bro. Yep. One of the all-time best Super Bowls ever. I was a 10-year-old boy watching this. Do they have a Super Bowl rating? A uh, ranking? Ranking, yeah. I, you know what? I forgot to check that. I know we always do that with our World Series coverage. Maybe we could become the pioneers of a... Maybe we could. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we need to explore that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. So, January 25th, 1998, from Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego, California, home of the Chargers, uh, 68,912 in change. Uh-huh. Okay. So, let's get into it. Yeah, rumble. All right, here we go. First quarter, Packers wide receiver Antonio Freeman returned the opening kickoff 19 yards to the Green Bay 24-yard line. Third play of the drive, Favre kept the offense on the field by completing a 13-yard pass to Freeman on third down and long. There's that Antonio Freeman. There you go. Running back Dorsey Levens. 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 Yeah. Rushed the ball on three straight plays, gaining 27 yards to advance to Denver's 35. Very balanced, they were. Very balanced. Yes. Far finished the drive with two completions to Freeman, the first for 13 yards, and the second one, a 22-yard bomb to Packers, uh, to Freeman to give a 7-0 lead to start the Super Bowl. Antonio uh, Freeman. I watched the first half of this game last night on YouTube. Yeah. That's one great thing about the NFL. Uh, they always republish the entire oh, yeah. game yeah. on their YouTube yeah. channel. Yeah. So the Super Bowl. Uh, Freeman come down quick and hard. Yeah. I mean, it, it looked like at first when I seen it, because I don't you know, remember my childhood, I was like, damn, was he really inbounds? Yeah, like, it was, it, was, it was a dart. Yes. Um, the Broncos responded, though, with a touchdown of their own. Yeah. yeah. Uh, running back Vaughn Hebron returned the ensuing kickoff 32 yards to their own 42. So, yeah, good field so Denver drove to the Green Bay 46. On third down, a holding penalty on Packers DB Doug Evans nullified quarterback Elway's incompletion and gave the Broncos a first down. So there's a penalty already uh-huh. costing Green uh-huh. Bay right away. Right away, yeah. 
Now, on the very next play, TD, Terrell Davis, ran the ball 27 yards to the 14-yard line. This was his longest run of the game. Uh, then after a two-yard run, Elway scrambled 10 yards to gain a first down uh, on the two-yard line. Yeah, I remember that. Elway was moving. He yes, wanted this yeah, son of a bitch, yes. you know? So two plays later, uh, Terrell Davis capped off a 10-play, 58-yard drive with a one-yard touchdown run to tie the game yeah. at seven apiece. Very, very tough stop, short yard. Right. Yeah. On the second play of the Packers' possession – in the next possession, Denver running back Tyrone Braxton intercepted Favre at Green Bay's 45-yard line to end the first quarter. So now we go into the second quarter, aided by five runs by Terrell Davis for 29 yards and some change. Denver marched 45 yards to score on a one-yard touchdown run by quarterback John Elway. John Elway. You can't tell me great, this old man wasn't wanting it. Great run. Really was. He laid it all on the line. Nineteen eighty three, first overall yep. pick to the Baltimore and Colts. Here we are, nineteen ninety eight. Nineteen ninety eight. So and you're looking at fifteen years diving into the end zone, twisting and turning. Fifteen years he's yeah. playing, and you can't. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, mad now, respect. What's funny about this, for those of you that might not remember, it's been one of the most iconic scenes. It's been shown in several areas of ESPN and and NFL Network and and certain productions and things. The touchdown play involved him doing a fake handoff yeah. to Terrell Davis, yes. so who had been previously taken out of the game during the drive because uh, of a migraine headache, which we'll get to a little bit right, later on. Right. Um, but head coach Shanahan decided to send him into the game for a third down play, believing that the Packers would not be fooled by a fake handoff without Terrell Davis well, on the field. Yeah, obviously. Good call, Shanahan, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, so um, Terrell Davis would say years later his vision was so impaired that he was afraid L.A. would call an audible at the line and try to hand him the ball. Despite his blurred vision, uh, his blurred vision, Terrell, you know, TD did exactly what was needed to. It drew Green Bay's defense into yeah. the middle of the line as L.A. took off to the right side of the end zone yeah. and Bootleg. untouched. Bootleg. Yeah. Yep. Uh. So, during the Packers' next ensuing possession, Broncos safety Steve Atwater. Atwater forced a fumble while sacking Man, he Brett Favre. Hit. Oh, he was a, oh, yeah. he knocked, he yeah. knocked piss yeah. out of you. So, he forced a fumble when he sacked Brett Favre, and then uh, defensive end Neil Smith recovered the ball on the Packers' 33-yard line. Although Denver wasn't able to convert that into a first down, kicker Jason Elam made a 51-yard dart uh, the second longest in Super Bowl history to give Denver a 17-7 to lead. Both teams went three and out on their next possessions, and uh, Denver punter, uh, he put a boot, 47-yard boot, that pinned Green Bay inside their own five with uh, you know seven minutes and change left, half a quarter to go in the first half. Green Bay stormed downfield, though, marching 95 yards in 17 plays, uh, scoring with Favre's six-yard touchdown pass to tight end Mark Cherma. 17 plays? 17 plays. Wow. 95 yards. Defense on the field a long left, time. Only left 12 seconds on the right, clock right, for right. That was Denver Green to do Bay's, something. That was Green Bay's recipe, though. Yep. You know, if they could get a lead. Time of possession. Time of possession, yes. Yes. The same thing we all bitch about when we watch football games and our teams losing. losing. They, we losing. bitch about time to possession. possession. Yes, but it's smart you got, strategy. You got to keep your defense fresh. Well, right? exactly. 
I like, that's why I like the old style running. No nonsense. I mean, I hear you, puss. Imposing your will. It's all in the trenches. So let's get into the third quarter here. Yes. So Green Bay kicked to Denver to start the second half. By the way, at halftime, we're 17 to 14. Denver over Green Bay. Yeah, brother. Luckers. He's wanting to go over there for some reason. He can't get over there. No, hips bothering him. Yeah. Lucker dog. So, Green Bay kicked to Denver to start the second half. The first play after the kickoff, uh, Packer defensive back Tyrone Williams forced and recovered a fumble from Terrell Davis. Uh, Green Bay took possession with good field position. They were on the Broncos' 26-yard line to begin the second half. But Denver's defense forced a three and out. Following an ensuing field goal attempt, Denver's special teams were called for an offsides penalty, which gave the Packers a first and ten on Denver's 15. Uh, but here we go again, Broncos defense. They forced a second three and out in back-to-back possession, stalling the Packers' drive at the nine-yard line and forcing them to settle for a 17-yard field goal, which would tie the game at 17-17. to uh, Defense anchored by Neil Smith and Atwater. With Dennis Smith on that team... <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, a linebacker. Was Ro, Ro, Romanowski on that team? I don't know if Romanowski was. Let's look Let's see here. So let's look at Denver's defense here. Linebackers, Aldridge, Burns, Hesse, Mobley. No, Romanowski was I still part so. of that I team. Thought I thought so. I thought so. I thought he was. He was I thought he had left he the year was a before. Mean son of a bitch too. Oh, Romanowski's a yeah, a good linebacker. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good call, puss. Good yeah, call. No, I'm just trying to figure. I'm trying to remember some defensive. Anchors are Neil Smith. Green Bay kicked off once again, and Denver's offense stalled, resulting in a punt, giving the Packers possession with good field position, this time near their own 40. But Denver's defense forced a third straight three and out. However, again, on the ensuing punt attempt, the Broncos' special teams were called for an offsides penalty, which would give Green Bay a fresh set of downs near midfield. Denver's defense then forced another punt with a fourth consecutive three-and-out performance from Green Bay. Yeah. Now, here you're shutting out yeah. the top, Yeah, you know. Somebody uh, yeah. had done some homework. Yeah, so this is interesting. So, Green Bay punter Craig Hendricks, 51-yard kick, pinned the Broncos back at their own eight-yard line. Packers defense could not stop Denver as they marched on a 13-play, 92-yard drive to regain the lead. I was just thinking about something. What's that? It's just, you've got this juggernaut offense that's double-digit favorites going into the Super Bowl. Right. They ran roughshod over pretty much the whole fucking league last year and won the Super Bowl. They're defending. And here you've got a 15-year-old veteran under center. Uh, 15-year-old. A 15-year veteran under center who's playing like he's playing in his 20s. Yeah. He's hungry. Yeah. He's had three chances right. at a Super Bowl and right. lost every one. Right. I mean, it's, it's but, no doubt that he's going to be. But it's the defense that's forcing these three. It's this team. Yeah, rallied him around him. I this mean, team is playing for Elway. Yes, yes. Yeah, they're wanting a Super Bowl, but these guys. I mean, I don't care what the Packers would have done that night. I think Denver would have ultimately. I think that. it was destined Denver yes, was going to. There you go. Yeah, no uh, doubt about it. So the Packers' defense could not stop Denver as they marched a 13-play, 92-yard drive to regain the lead. So, I'm trying to think of some of his targets. 
For Elway? No, besides Sharp. I mean, uh, Sharp you would have had big, Rod Smith. Rod Smith. He's a deep threat. You okay. would have had Rod Smith. You would have had uh, Ed McCaffrey. Yeah, okay. Your possession guy. Okay. Uh, all right, all right. Who's the other big one? Willie Green. Willie Green. Okay. Um, let's, let's, let's look over here. See how many I... I nailed three of them. Yeah. There's Willie Green, Smith McCaffrey, uh, Patrick Jeffers. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Carswell, Brian Chamberlain. Him. Yeah, I remember them guys. Okay. Huh. Green Bay would have Freeman. Yeah. Bill Schroeder. Yeah. Derek Mays. Don Beebe. Don Beebe. Don Beebe. Tough. Bill Schroeder. Terry Mickens. Derek Mays. Antonio Freeman. Robert Brooks. Okay. All right. Pretty good list. Yeah. Let's see. Where were we at here? Uh... Third quarter? Yeah, no. Yeah, we're still in third quarter. So, uh, aided by a 36-yard touchdown reception by receiver Ed McCaffrey, the Broncos advanced to the Green Bay 12-yard line. On third and six from the 12, Elway scrambled for an eight-yard run and dove for the first down. A play which he was hit so hard yes, he by him. Packer. It spun him. Like a this has been blade. later referred to as the helicopter play yeah, and yeah, is one of yeah. the most... Well-known yeah. Super Bowl iconic. images of all time. It's iconic, the yes. Super Bowl. Yeah, he laid it on the line. Oh, yeah. And two plays later, Terrell Davis would score a one-yard touchdown run to give the Broncos a 24-17 to lead. On the ensuing kickoff, Denver special teams player ran full speed into the Green Bay Packers wedge, forcing Freeman outside to his left. Freeman was hit as he held the ball while running sideways and then fumbled. Denver defense recovered the ball at the Packers' 22-yard line. The Broncos tried to capitalize on the turnover by trying a quick-strike touchdown uh, intended for Rod Smith, but the Packers' safety intercepted Elway's pass uh, in the end zone yeah. and returned it to the 15-yard yeah, line. that. Epic. I can't remember who's picked it off. But... Uh, Eugene Robinson. There you go. So now here we are getting into the fourth quarter. So here, here we are. After the interception, Green Bay marched 85 yards on four straight pass completions. Three of them were catches by Antonio Freeman. Freeman. Yep. Uh, they tied the game once again a minute and 28 into the fourth quarter with Freeman's 13-yard touchdown reception. Uncoverable almost. Uh, it's, yeah. On the scoring play, Freeman and Robert Brooks ran a crisscross pattern with Freeman on the inside. Uh, defensive back for Denver, Darian Gordon, hesitated. As to which receiver to cover, which let Favre hit Freeman for the score, which tied the game at 24 apiece. After the ensuing kickoff, Packers forced Denver's offense to punt. With a short punt of only 33 yards, though, the Packers would take possession with good field possession, uh, having a first and 10 on their own 48. Uh So you're almost midfield. Right. The Packers drove to Denver's 39-yard line, and on third and eight, Favre dropped back to pass. And Denver come with, you talk about a blitz. blitz. You talk about a blitz. They came with a blitz that left Robert Books to face one-on-one coverage deep. Favre attempted the pass to a seemingly wide-open Brooks, but Atwater closed in and knocked the pass away at the last second, leaving Green Bay just outside of field goal range, forcing another punt. If I remember, they had Favre on his back, throwing off his back foot. He was. He was. If I remember correct. Ended up way short. Very short. So, uh, let's see where we at here. So, the Packers defense was able to stop Denver's offense on the ensuing possession. 
uh, giving Green Bay first and ten on their own ten yard line with five twenty five remaining. That could time. Uh, pretty much, yeah. So here you go. You got about five twenty-five remaining. Nut cutting time. Uh, three-time league MVPs under center. Uh, with the game in the balance, hanging in the balance, Denver's defense forced a critical fifth three and out in the second half. Uh, Packers punter then punted the ball thirty-nine yards to the forty-nine yard line, giving Denver a chance to end the game on a potentially game-winning drive with only three twenty-seven left. However. On the first play of the ensuing drive, Darius Holland, Packers linebacker, committed a 15-yard face mask Ooh. while tackling Terrell Davis oh. on the two. Uh, no. uh, it moved the ball to the 32-yard line. Two plays later, Elway completed a 23-yard pass to Howard Griffith, aided by a block by McCaffrey. A holding penalty, though, would push the Broncos back to the 18-yard line. But then Terrell Davis rushed 17 yards to the one-yard line on the next play. Uh, Denver would call a timeout. This left the Broncos facing second and goal with 147 left on the clock. And Green Bay had two timeouts remaining. And I'd say their defense is tired. So, gassed. Gassed, yeah. So, Holmgren told his team to let the Broncos score. Smart strategy? Uh, you got a minute and 47 left. You got two timeouts. I don't know if you could ever give up points on purpose. They did it a month or two ago in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So he said to let them to let them score uh, to maximize the time the Packers would have on the clock for a potential game-time drive. Holmgren would admit years later that he thought that it was first and goal rather than second and goal, which is a crucial distinction <laughs> in clock management yeah. decision-making. Davis then scored his third touchdown of the game on second goal, leaving 145 on the clock. The Broncos now had a one-touchdown lead with a score of 31-24. So here comes the Packers. Right. Powerhouse, juggernaut, heavyweight champion, defending. Two timeouts, whatever. They had one final drive before the end of regulation to send the contest to overtime. Shanahan, and this has been some well-known football lore here, Shanahan instructed his defensive coordinator to keep playing the same blitzing defense they'd done all day as Green Bay attempted to drive downfield in the two minutes. I like it. You don't so you any- know they're going to chuck it yeah, deep, but you're yeah, going to just send right. every fucking body. How many times have you seen prevent collapse? That's a good point. I mean, we you got to go with what got you where you're at, I think. Dance with what brought you. Yeah. What brought you to dance. Yeah, I mean, their best was to make far uncomfortable in the pocket, definitely. As Kurt just said, he said the exact words prefit defense. As I look here in the notes, Shanahan famously instructed his defensive coordinators to keep playing the same blitzing defense they'd done as the game as Green Bay attempted to drive downfield in the final two minutes rather than playing a prevent defense. Uh, you got to stay aggressive. Freeman returned the Broncos' kick 22 yards to the 30-yard line on the very first play of the drive. The Packers made it to the Broncos' 48-yard line with a 22-yard screen to Dorsey Levin. Great call. Excellent call. Great call. Excellent yes. call. Excellent call. So then, uh, the following the first pass, rather than use one of their timeouts, they hurried to the line of scrimmage, ran a second consecutive pass to Levens. The pass was complete, but Levens was stopped for no gain. This pe- play cost them 19 yeah, seconds. I remember that. 
At, it's a lot of time. Yeah, it's at a lot left of time. a minute eleven on the clock, also forcing the Packers to take one of their two timeouts. On the very next play, Favre completed another pass to Dorsey Levins. Levins picked up thirteen yards and was able to run out of bounds, stopping the clock with a minute and four left to go in the game. God, man, I remember. Yeah, I'm watching this. Ten yeah, year yeah, old me, yep. I'm seeing this in my head right, <laughs> right now as I'm as I'm reading this to you. The Packers had first and ten at the Broncos' thirty-five with one timeout remaining. Denver defense would stop the Packers on the next four downs. On the first play, Favre completed a four-yard pass to Levens, but he was stopped inbounds. The Packers hurried to the line, but 20 seconds ran off before Favre could attempt a second pass. On second down, Favre attempted to throw downfield to hit Antonio Freeman, who'd been money all fucking all right. game, right? But uh, Let's see here. To attempt to hit Freeman in both the hands and the chest on the Broncos' 15, but Freeman could not handle the ball. The incomplete pass stopped the clock, but the Packers were third and six with 37 seconds remaining. On third down, Favre intended the pass for Robert Brooks, covered by Denver's uh, Randy Hillard, but both were hit by Atwater, and the pass was incomplete. All three players were knocked out of the game. Because NFL rules regarding injuries to players in the final two minutes of the game, both teams were charged a timeout. Steve Atwater. Since players on both teams were injured and needed to be tended to. Headhunter. This left the Packers facing fourth and six on the 31-yard line with no timeouts, and the clock stopped with 32 seconds. On the fourth down, Denver linebacker John Mobley John Mobley okay. broke up the intended pass for Packers tight end, enabling the Broncos to take the ball back and run out the clock. Nice. Steve Atwater. So, the and we're going to go through some statistics, but the score, the final score of the game will it would end up being uh 31 24 Broncos. Yeah. Now, let's get back to my notes here. Post game wise, what kind of stuff we got in here? And uh, during the post game victory celebration, Broncos owner Pat Boland held the Vince Lombardi trophy in the air. Famously saying, and this probably will be what this episode's titled, this one's for John, referring to the fact that Elway's long quest for a Super Bowl victory was complete. 18 years later, Elway, now the manager for the team, would salute a Alzheimer-stricken Pat Bolin in the same way after Manning and the Broncos' defense whooped that uh, Cam Newton ass in Super Bowl 50. Uh, a remarkable, something interesting here about Denver's offensive performance was that, except for two penalties and Elway's kneel down to end each half, the Broncos did not lose any lardage on any play from scrimmage. That's crazy. Okay. Now, Green Bay's Reggie White, Gilbert Brown, Leroy Butler. You got time of possession on that game? Uh, I think I do, puss. I think I do. Let me uh, Let's look see if there's a clue there. I know I have the whole... Stats breakdown here. Time of possession, Denver 32-25, Green Bay 27-35. Uh, bottom three, toner, three turnovers for Denver. Or no, for Green Bay, two for Denver. So winning in time of possession and turnover battle. Let's see here. Uh, both had 21 first downs. Penalties. Green Bay was only able to get four first downs rushing the ball, whereas Denver did at fourteen. Ah. Now pass now passing first downs, Packers had fourteen of those right. where Denver only had five. But think of the possession, that's where it's gonna go to the time of possession. They're running for first downs, chewing the clock up. Right. 
third down efficiency. Uh, Green Bay was five for fourteen. Denver was five for ten. Denver was better. Denver was better. So the winning there also. What okay. else we got? It's interesting. I mean, yards per carry. Uh, Green Bay actually edged them, though. Green Bay had 4.8 yards per carry, whereas Denver had 4.6. They had less carries because of the time of possession. Right. Uh, Turnovers is time of possession, sounds like to me. Packers had more total yards, 350 to Denver's 302. Interesting. Interesting. Um, individual statistics. Favre was 25 for 42. For 256, three touchdowns, one interception, and a 91 QB rating. And uh, Elway was 12 for 22, 123, zero touchdowns, and a one interception. Terrell Davis, 30 carries, 157 yards, three touchdowns, 5.23 yards per carry. That's getting her done. That's toting rock, man. Dorsey Dorsey Levens was uh, 19 carries for 90 yards. 4.7 4.7 yards per carry. That's toting the rock, too. Yeah. Elway. Ask me about John Elway. Uh, what about John Elway? Five carries for 17 yards and a touchdown. 3.4 uh-huh. yards per uh-huh. carry. Uh, as far as receiving goes, it's it's uh, Antonio Freeman and yeah. fuck everybody else yeah. on both yeah. sides of the ball. He, he was uncoverable, really. Nine, nine receptions, 126 yards, two touchdowns. I hate to say it, but Antonio Brownish. Uh, two guys slithery. <laughs> and, Shannon Sharp only had five catches for. Now this is the tail end of Shannon, or close right, to the tail right, end of Shannon's right, career right. here. Um, let's see what else we got here in the post game. Brother Sterling was really good. Sterling Shepard or Sharp, Sterling Sharp. Sharp sorry, really yeah, good. Uh, Sterling Shepard. That's an ass car. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Dick Trickle. Dick Trickle. That's the greatest name ever. Oh shit. Dick Trickle. Uh, that's a race car driving name. Man, Firmus Dick, Firmus Sharon Peter, Dick, Dick Trickle. Look at the shit we're doing. Wow. Uh, Elway completed 12 out of 22 passes. Like I said, he became the sixth player to score touchdowns in three different Super Bowls, joining Lynn Swan, Franco Harris, Thurman Thomas, Jerry Rice, and Emmett Smith. Um, let's see other notey things here. My phone will not blowing up. Shut up. Uh, Denver's defense limited Green Bay to only 10 points in the second half, despite Green Bay having nine possessions in the second half. Wow. Yeah. Um, Denver was the first team with a previous 0-2 Super Bowl record to win. Their record had been 0-4. Wait, what? Denver was the first team with a previous to win. Oh, the Broncos victory snapped the NFC's 13-game Super Bowl win streak. We talked about that. Uh, Denver became the first team to score on four one-yard touchdown runs in the Super Bowl. I don't know why that's important. Uh, interesting, though. Uh, the Packers became the third defending Super Bowl champion to lose the Super Bowl, joining the Cowboys in Super Bowl twelve. I wonder who they played in Super Bowl twelve. Uh, probably Pittsburgh. Uh, and the Wash, the Dallas Cowboys in Super Bowl. 12 and Super Bowl 13, or Super Bowl 12, and the Washington Redskins. Box score, we already went through that. Do we have anything else, Hattie uh, old girl? No, but. Let me look here. Notes. Any other thing? No, I need to go back to my notes. I was looking at the internet pages. Note-wise. Um, 
That's crazy. I to- totally reliving the plays in my head there. It's we did a rundown, yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, I mean, it's like we do with the World Series, too. Yeah. So. John Dinkinger. Yeah, so. Charlie. Fun fact, though. Despite yeah. suffering migraine headaches that caused him to miss the majority of the second quarter, Davis was named Super Bowl MVP. And as of 2023, he remains the last running back to be, be Super Bowl MVP. So that tells me it's turned to a passing Right. Yeah. So uh let's uh let's do a little word association right. and we'll All start right. to we'll start to put a bow on hopefully what is us getting back to right. a normal schedule here. Nineteen ninety seven Green Bay Packers. Damn good. Nineteen ninety seven Denver Broncos. Underrated. John Elway. Legacy. I mean legend, 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 I mean Brett Favre. Gunslinger. Terrell Davis. Uh, tote the rock. Terrell Davis, migraine headaches and still managing to gut it out. <laughs> Gutsy. Gutsy. A running back winning the Super Bowl MVP. Been a minute. The Broncos upsetting the juggernaut Packers. Not surprised it was destiny. It's good. That's good. Uh I wanted to I wanted to point something out to you yeah. here. Uh, as I want you to look at some of the the tree of coaching for for both of these teams and some things that the lineup. So, uh, the Packers head coach was Mike Holmgren. Great court. I mean, offensive mind. Yes. Quarterbacks coach was Andy Reid. Offensive coordinator Sherman Lewis. Wide receivers coach was Gil Haskell. Assistant offensive line tight ends coach was Mike Sherman. Defense coordinator Fritz Shermer. Yeah. There's all these great names, all this coaching tree here. Okay, but on the flip side, you look at Denver, this this coaching tree here. You've got Mike Shanahan. Yeah. Offensive coordinator was Gary Kubiak. Uh-huh. Uh, defensive coordinator was Greg Robinson. Uh-huh. Uh, linebacker's coach was Frank Bush. Defensive line was George Dyer. You've got all these coaching tree people who have went on in the modern NFL since, like, say, two, the year right, 2000, right. the last 23 years that have played several key roles as head coaches or assistant coaches on other teams that have been some... Think about how many coaches that Favre and Elway played for. Not very many. Reeves? Okay, Elway would play for Reeves, and he would have played for Shanahan. That's it, right? I think that's correct. I think, yeah, okay, let's look at Favre. Holmgren. Holmgren, Mike Sherman. He Sherman. played for uh, Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, that's, it. that's it, though. Might be it. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, he played with other coaches when he went to play, right. you know, in, in right. Minnesota and, right. you know, the Jets, but where he's just at now. Well, in the height of his career was. Yeah. Yeah. But that's impressive to Elway. An 18-year uh, career, still with the Broncos. Um, two of the greatest to ever do it. Where, where, yeah, yeah. Where'd he go to college at? Stanford. He was a Stanford product. Plunkett, Andrew Luck, Elway. I'm pretty damn sure. Uh, maybe. Let's just ask the Google machine. John Elway College. Oh, hang on. Where did John Elway play college ball? 
Stanford University? According to Encyclopedia Britannica, Elway excelled at football and baseball in high school and was drafted by Major League Baseball's yeah. Kansas City Royals wow. in 1979. However, he instead attended Stanford University on oh, a football, football scholarship, scholarship huh? where he set several school and conference well, records. How different would how different would things be had Elway played in Baltimore? Because he then told uh, Corsi or Ernie, Ernie Corsi or whoever was the general manager for Baltimore, don't draft me. Don't draft me number one overall because I'm not, I'm not playing a city like Baltimore. Really? So I didn't know. I didn't know that. You never heard that story. <laughs> so I encourage everybody that doesn't know, because you you know the the John Elway the 1983 draft class. Right. We you know it's it's one of the you know it's one of the top five draft classes in NFL history, and it's always talked about because Marino, Elway, I mean, the Colts were, Kelly, the Colts were coming off of Burt Jones in '83. Yeah. I want to say Burt was the Dan, late 70s, early yeah, 80s. Yeah, late 70s, early 80s. Uh, so they were looking. Wouldn't have been no Art Schleister yet because that was after they were already right. in Indianapolis. Right. Elway, general manager, I'm pretty sure at the time was Ernie Acorsi. That's what I'm, 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 I'm encouraging everybody to, to um, if you want something interesting, to, to do it. Elway came in as sort of a prima donna. Like you look right, at him right. now, he's yeah. not he's not so much of a cocksucker now. He was, right, a, he was right. a huge fucking cocksucker right. back in the day. He was kind of this golden. Oh, he was he was beach. Aikman was too, but Aikman didn't act like an asshole. Aikman, where did UCLA? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Aikman didn't act like an asshole. No, he didn't. But uh, he basically, ter- I'm pretty sure the general manager at the time was Ernie Acorsi, and he was like, "Don't draft me in Baltimore because I'm not playing." Right. What's the Baltimore Colts do? Number one overall, John Elway. Elway never played down. Elway threatened to go play professional baseball with the Royals, like he was, right. you know, because they had, you know, they had drafted him. Right. And uh, how I different? Guess. How different would shit have been had Elway stayed in Baltimore with the Colts, and then when when they left out, and what was it, eighty four, eighty five for the city of Indianapolis? How different would shit have been to go? Because then, if you have Elway playing in Indianapolis, yeah. Yeah. You don't have the troubles you have with guys like Art Schleister yeah. and yep, Jeff George. George and Jim Harbaugh. Right. So then you don't do you you got Elway under center. Do you draft a Peyton Manning two months later? No, I probably guess. not. Probably not. No. Or you're probably not even in a position to draft right. Peyton Manning because with Elway you're going to be a lot hot, lot lower in the draft than right. the top pick. So then there's no Peyton Manning era in Indianapolis. Without Peyton Manning missing 2011, there's no Andrew Luck era in Indianapolis. Right. How different right. would things have been? It'd be a lot different. Uh, a lot different. Now, this is the thing. I wish we could have. Uh, you an Elway fan? I've never been a Broncos fan, Me but I'll, uh, I'll be an Elway. I think I'm an Elway guy. Right. I like John Elway. I like John Elway's style. He was a tough guy. Had a cannon for an arm. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know who else? You know who else I like that gets that doesn't get the praise they deserve. Elway, which you can say what you want. Elway's got two Super Bowl rings. You know, they're. I'm pretty sure it was 98-99. Yeah, yeah I think they won back to back. Yeah, Elway's got two Super Bowl rings. You know, a guy I like that doesn't have a ring. That's very vastly underrated. Cleveland Browns. Eighties. Nineties, Benny Testaverde. No, no. 
Bernie Kosar. Bernie Kosar, okay. Yep. Number 19. Yeah, he, he, he was he older than you? I feel like I should know that. Google machine. See? <laughs> I know, we know Benny tested Bernie did. Yeah. The you. Where did Bernie Kosar play college football? The University of Miami. Look at you. According to Wikipedia, he played college football at the uh, University uh, of Miami, uh, uh, where he led the team to a national. We've had a lot of talk about my hurricanes here. Uh, the U. Curso, uh, Hart, and, Jim uh, Kelly. Guess who put out the Indiana Hoosier uh, NCAA team? The U. A football. That's right. Uh, and they beat hey, the man. girls. They put the girls' college team out too. Hey, you know what's going on there, we, folks? You and I haven't talked a lot of college basketball, but uh, for the last ten years or so, Jim Laranega has done wonders for the. Hurricanes college basketball program. Great coach. Uh, I think when you look at the tiers of college coaches, with with Morm got the circle of life. People are dying every day. We're getting older every day. People are retiring every day. But when you looked at when you when you look, let's just say the last the last ten years or so, when I've been really immersed in a lot of college basketball for about the last ten years or so, when you look at that tier, that first tier, you had like your Coach K, and you know Bill Self, and you had. Uh, Patino and Calipari and uh, Bayheim and Roy right, Williams right, and all right. them guys. Well, then you look at that second tier, and that second tier would be guys like Larinaga, like Greg Shockey, Bruce Pearl, Bruce Pearl, uh, my boy Bob Huggins, oh, yeah, uh, Sean Miller. Yeah. Then you go the next one, you got guys like Archie Miller and Shaka Smart, right, and right. Uh, you know. Larinaga has what they've done for the Hurricanes basketball. And I'm not a Hurricanes basketball fan. Right. I'm a Hurricanes football right. fan. But Larinaga's made that a pretty destiny. There's yeah. a lot of kids. I mean, it's courses Miami. You, you're not going to have a hard time selling kids. You want right. to play right. college ball in Miami? Right. See yeah, bitches no on the beach all day? I mean, <laughs> yeah. sorry. I said bitches. But you want to see titties on the beach all day? I mean, titties. I mean, it's not. Boobies. But it's the culture. Yeah. Why does everybody, go, why does everybody want to go play Calipari in Kentucky? Now, granted. They've not uh, done do a lot they, in the do last decade. Well, they still go. Why do they go, though? What's Calipari What's do? What's keeping them from going? They don't play IU every year. What's Calipari? <laughs> 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 Fucking take. What's Calipari Come do, Come on, though? you got to spark that rivalry back up, damn it. What's Calipari do? I recruit. I don't know. Puts guys in the NBA. Yeah. That's what's one Sab- and done. One what's and Saban done. do for Alabama? One and done. One. <laughs> what's Saban do? <laughs> they win the championship. They put guys in the NBA. Yeah. Saban does? Or the NFL. NFL. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Saban's so good now he's crossing sports. Uh, I fucking what, hate Bama. What do you think of the Final Four this year? You know, honestly, your, I had San Diego State going to the final game, man. Uh, <laughs> I think one of my brackets I had them going making the Elite Eight, but not yeah, making it any further. Same here. I did not see another uh, one seed going down though. FAU, <laughs> Florida Atlantic, with uh, close ties to this area. Their coach. How? Uh, hey, Doyle. Doyle. Nah, fuck it. Well, he's like a coach at Eastern Green or something. Oh, was it? Yeah. Or it had something to do with Eastern Green. I wish. Damn it. Green County? Yeah, Green County. That's like right back here, yeah, back yeah, door yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right past yeah, Lagodi. He, he's something to do with. Uh, that's Crane. Yeah, he coached somewhere in that area. I had something to do with Coach. I'm pretty sure, dude. I wish he'd, uh, he could tell us. We have not talked 
We have not done one single college college basketball episode other than we've well since bobby knight is gone i just don't we just we've talked about well you know the thing though we could talk old college basketball we don't do nothing new we could talk stuff that's like right, right. 10 or 20 years ago that or well probably for you probably been more like 20 years ago yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean you know bobby left in 2000 2001 2002 whenever it was so that's more about when you're there's still a lot of great college stories we could talk about yeah. IU winning their national championship the year I was born, 87. That wasn't the year they last won the national title, right? The year I was born, 87. Yeah. We could talk about Fab Five, Michigan. Because yeah. God knows I love me some uh, Chris Weber. Yeah. Uh, C-Web. C-Web. Yeah. Chris Weber, Jawan we Howard. Maybe we should do uh, Jalen Rose. Next episode, let's do college basketball. We could do that. You think of something really like we could do Patrick Ewing at Georgetown Hoyas. Oh, we man. could do NC State's incredible freaking nineteen eighty three. Nineteen eighty three. Was that Jimmy V? Jimmy V. We put that as our uh, number one sports moment of all time, uh, didn't uh, we? Uh, Lorenzo Charles. Check out our worst episode ever recorded. Actually, no, our worst episode ever done was actually uh, a year ago tomorrow when we started that clusterfuck oh, of uh, top. 25. It was supposed to be a top 10 point guard that went yeah. to top 25. Tough, tough, tough. Hey, I've stayed true to my word. We have not done a top 10 list of anything. I said we wouldn't yeah. do I tough. said we wouldn't do any list again for at least a year. So tough. <laughs> Yeah, I got I, I'm hated in Pittsburgh right now because we did a top 10. What is it? You're hey, you know what though? Most hated Steeler fan. That's actually Franco Harris had butterfingers. I don't care. <laughs> it's one of our best episodes, though. Rest in peace, Franco. Franco Harris. Uh, so, other than that, I mean, this was a great episode. What what all kind of shit you been up to lately? Uh, working. Working. Yeah, mushroom hunter. How's uh How's the Ditto's life? Uh. You ever You ever stop, forget for a minute that I'm not there, and you go around the corner wanting to tell me something, then you realize, oh shit, he's not there. Uh, well, yeah. Every yeah. once in a while? Every something pop in my head, I'll be thinking of some sports. Who do you talk sports with now? I don't. Adam Sweet? Well, a little bit. A little bit. Corey. Oh, boy. The, the Bengals fan. Free, free song, yeah. Anybody ever say anything about the show anymore? Uh, no. I haven't heard anybody say anything. We have, Of course, we haven't put it much out there. No. Hey, we, we're picking up downloads in Washington, D.C. now. That's never happened before. The Capitol. I'm, I shit you not. Huh. Would, I don't know. Somebody went through the start of this month, though. For the start of this month, we already got like eight downloads. Somebody went through and they downloaded uh, the two. They, they downloaded a, like three baseball episodes in a row. It was the uh, the '68 Tigers. Then they downloaded the 2004 ALCS, and then they downloaded the Phillies uh, Super Bowl uh, loss to the Yankees. Super Bowl loss. Damn it, World Series! I'm fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you got me yeah. all fucked up, Puss. Uh, check your vape here. Yeah, my, what's, what's in my what's in my tobacco only vape here? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so we'll uh, we'll do a uh, yeah, we'll think of something good. There. College, we can do college basketball. Yeah, we need to, and uh, we need to get Doyle sitting on. I do have a third mic and a third headphones oh, in the see, bag now. See. See? See? He doesn't know that yet. No. He's, a, he's you know, Dole's indisposed right now. Yeah. So, okay. So, I, I guess that about wraps this yeah, one up. Yeah, I like it, man. About 
as nice to get back in the saddle. I know, and uh, it's still visit. early enough. You can go uh, yep. visit a little bit. Mushroom hunting. Yeah, uh, we'll be going morel hunting here. Morel hunting and combating ticks. <sighs> yeah, good luck with that. Puss asked me if I want to go mushroom hunting, and I was down until he told me about the ticks, and then I'm like, I'm fat. I got... I got skin hidden in places said, people don't even. Girl, I said there's a lots of ticks out there now. I'm gonna tell I've, you. I've got skin hidden in places hey, some that, people don't even have places, and they, ticks will get in there. Little bitty fuckers too, man. Ticks will get in there and nest. It's not uh, what I need. No, I mean I've, I've uh, same problem here. I've already done. You know what would be with. a great episode to do since the springtime? What's that? An outdoors episode. I, I'd be down to do something like that. Mushroom hunting. Yeah, I, I'd be down to do something like that. Fishing. Yeah, I haven't done that for a minute. But trapping, yeah. coyote, yeah. talking about. Uh, do you know anything about people that do ginseng? Do you know anything about ginseng? I don't know anything about ginseng. <laughs> <laughs> what is that stuff? I heard it's a natural supplement. Yeah, I, I heard, heard it pays a premium a pound. Yeah, if you can find it. Well, where would it be hidden? In the woods. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. That's. That's it, it, they, it, well, they tried to say. Oh, I know you got something to say. Uh, they tried to say it's in danger, but I don't know. I, I mean, how do they I, figure I, that? I'll go find a ginseng pretty quick. How, how do they say that? Well, I don't know how they do that. Hmm. I don't know what makes them say that. It's in, about extinct. The dinosaurs uh, are extinct. Re, you need to recheck things, folks. <laughs> you, got, you got anything else to add? Yeah. Peace, love, and nugget? Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Motor City Madhouse. Motor City Madhouse. <laughs> I got me well, some nude. Yeah. Happy, uh, happy Easter Sunday, everybody. Yes. This was, uh, it was great to get back. So Kurt and I are hopefully now back to a normal uh, every two week rotation for the most part. Normal. I'd like to break a hundred total down. Or I'd like to break a hundred episodes. Not, we're not gonna do a hundred this year, but I'd like to hit a hundred episodes. Boy, you had me. <laughs> You actually I, think I, I was like busy. <laughs> Damn it. I'd like us to hit 100 total episodes by the end of the year. I don't right. remember where our episode count is at well, now. We need, to, we need to start filling in some more current events. Stuff. Some more weeknight An hour a day. An hour a day. An hour and a week. Yeah. And it don't even have to be a, a current events episode. We could literally, we could do many condensed versions of a particular single game right, of some right, instance. Right, right. So we'll figure something out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so for feedback, cur- anybody? Huh? Give us some feedback. Yeah, people. I mean it's great to get downloads, but it's it's nice to hear feedback every yeah. once in a while too. Tell us so. we're a couple of idiots. We don't care. We are. Oh, speaking of us being idiots, I need to. Uh, do we need to? Do we need to book a trip for uh, for Richmond again? I, I need to get there. They I'm were. Down. They've inquired, and I we're so busy with the move and everything. So. Uh, I'll uh, I'll look into reaching out to our good yeah. check out our, our good friends uh, and actually we have another set of good friends check out our other friends at the Taking It Too Far podcast and what I mean by that it's literally called Taking It Too Far and if you think Kurt and I are a bunch of fucking idiots <laughs> and we cross the line wait till you hear the shit that they talk about on the Taking It Too Far podcast I... you got about four minutes of that show that's safe for work when you're in the factory or the office and then after that four minute that beep, timer goes off. Beep. Yeah, you need to you need to take it off, but it is hilarious. It's a it's a husband, a wife, and their best friend who uh, I met their best friend through a mutual friend uh, back in January. So 
they've been checking out our show a little bit, and uh, they live up in Kokomo, Indiana. So uh-huh. that would be a little bit further of a drive uh-huh. than Richmond. Still be north of Indianapolis. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're like, it's the Taking It Too Far podcast. <laughs> and uh, they literally set a timer, and after a four-minute timer goes off, it's like Katie bar the door. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Huh. Uh, I, I've heard things on that show before that... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Really, ah. I left there questioning every decision I've ever made in life. For so. the, oh, okay, all right, huh? They're good. It, it, it's it's a fun environment, puss. All right, all right. I might check it out. I can't say for sure that I don't know if they've went on a magic mushroom ride before or not. But well, I mean, uh, that's a fun trip, you know. Uh, <laughs> Did you just say that? <laughs> I mean, if you, you know, this episode busy for about six to, uh, six to eight hours, you know. <laughs> Wait, before we go, I want to I want to I want to share one thing with everybody and I want I was going to send this to you last night and I forgot. So if you'll give me just a second, let me find it. I shared this on my Facebook. And uh since it it's it's <laughs> since this is what we were just talking about. It said uh, I can't stop thinking about the people that first ate mushrooms back in the day. They found this had to be a trial and error system. Uh, yeah, no shit. This one tastes like beef. This one killed Brian immediately, yeah, yeah. and this one makes you see God for a week. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's funny shit. Not, I mean, all, yeah. not all mushrooms are the same. No. Who'd be the guinea pig be trying him out? I mean, no. But it's funny. It's, it's, it's that meme I found, but can you imagine, like, okay, this one's good to eat. That one killed him. Yeah, yeah. I talked to Jesus for two yeah, weeks over yeah. here. Uh, you know. Mushrooms. I love you, bro. Yeah, right on. Let's bro. get the fuck out of here. Yep. Kirk, for Kirk Kelly, I'm Jared Atkins. This has been a, another episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Thank you guys for your support. Why you give it to us, we don't know. And uh, we'll see you guys next Peace time. Out. Peace out.